Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Even More About Nothing. We hope you had a great holiday season. I'm one of your hosts, Rafiki, and my other co-host. Hi, I'm Obi. How you doing? It's cold outside, so I'm going to try to work this behavior. Um, global warming is a thing, and I hate it. So turn your lights off. Drive a smart car. Do something. It's too cold outside. Climate change. That way people aren't like... But it's cold outside. Why is it global warming? It's climate change. Ask my dad about that. This is what he does. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. Either it's way. Cold. It's cold and I don't like it. He does a scientist. All right. We got a, we got a bit of a full table today. Uh, so we got a couple returners, uh, return guests, and we've got a couple uh, first-time guests. Yep. So uh, why, don't we, why don't we go ahead and uh, reintroduce everybody? We'll start with Timmy and we'll... <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, it's Timmy Tunga, setting fire once again for the new year. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Timmy Tunga, uh, on uh, Twitter at uh, Slapmaster Tim, uh, and Snapchat Timmy Tunga again. I'm, so, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going into hiding after all that. <laughs> so I had to. I had to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Zones as weak as your mixtape. Oh! oh! Too bad I'm not a rapper. <laughs> Ah! Okay, so like we're not going to touch on Matthew. We're going we're to come back across the table. Uh, for a, we got a first-time first guest. Brian, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Brian. I uh, also happen to be John's younger brother. So, or one of them. One of, one of. You can feel either happy or sorry for him. It's your choice. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's a good segue right there. Perfect segue. You're natural for the show. <laughs> uh, that brings us to John. Hey everyone, it's John, also known as Batman. Um, happy to be back on another episode that's a multiple of five. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna keep this going. So far, that's uh, that makes three. We're on a roll. And, last but not least, we have... What's up, guys? My name is Matthew. I'm not here to set fire to the mic, because Tim already cooled it down like he's Mr. Freeze or something. I couldn't I couldn't think of a good joke for that one. Anyways. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, that, that was bad. <laughs> I'll come up with a better one, I promise. But yeah, my name's Matthew. We can't roast each other during yeah. this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll, no. I'll, I'll try to keep. I'll try to. Do keep not it be down. deceived by Matthew's cool, calm demeanor. This man is a savage. <laughs> Don't let them know that. This man is a savage. Beware. Watch Beware. your back. Watch, watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! There's a lot of inside jokes there. Uh, so once again, thanks again for joining us. Uh, like I said, this is even more about nothing, uh, where we talk about anything we enjoy nerd-related. Uh, from comic books to video games, from music to anime, whatever it is, we will we will discuss it. So with that being said, we will go to our first-time guest. We'll start with you, Brian. Uh, usually we get the guest uh, the first, first lead off the top, so... Go ahead and get us started. If you have something, I I did not come prepared for anything. Okay, <laughs> that's Next all right. Is Next is me. Anything? Just anything that I've heard throughout the week. Yeah. 
granted, we could cover a couple weeks here. We could get away with that. Because... Have, we, have we talked about Star Wars yet? Nope. Actually, yeah, I think that now might be a good time. It's, it's... No spoilers. None. Has anyone in here not seen it? Well, we've, we've all seen it, seen it, but, it but, but, multiple but, but, times. Let's do it. No, that's their fault. I mean, we're going to talk about it. As let's long as we tell talk about it. Beyond this point, it is spoiler. spoiler central. Actually, you know what? We just need a spoiler like warning Sorry. at the beginning of each episode from now on, just in case, so we cover our basis. Uh, but yeah, from this point forward, spoiler warning. Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and start with that? Um... I guess we just start with the general reaction. I mean, this has been years in the and we've been waiting for Star Wars Episode Seven, and now the Force has awakened. So, just the general reaction, guys. I loved it. Yeah. Such okay, okay. Great. Is anyone who doesn't like it? No. Okay, now that yeah. we, now that we, now that we <laughs> have sensible people in the room, Force Awakens is probably my favorite Star Wars anything ever. Like, I mean, it beats out. In my opinion, like the highest caliber of highest calibers was episode four, um, Knights of the Old Republic, and probably the Force Unleashed one. Two was okay, but it was more like more power and less on the storytelling. One had like really deep, intricate storytelling, and even like the expansion ones were like really, really, really cool stuff. So for me, those were the pinnacle. Force comes along and just like, you can move away now. And, and then Disney came and that. Disney did it previously with a big old broom that you none of you matter anymore because expanded universe is out the window. Which, uh, speaking as somebody who's read a lot of the expanded universe books, as much as there's some stories I'm sad to see go, it's probably for the best. Yeah, it's um, that as well. And I feel like we're getting nods to it at least just from the Force Awakens. I feel like we're getting nods to it. Um, I mean. Well, we already did the spoiler warning, so I mean, Kylo Ren being the son of Han and Leia, who also goes dark, that's, I mean, that happens in the EU novels. It takes a lot more time, and there's a lot more stuff in between, but, I mean, you know, that still happens. It's not exactly the same, but there's, there's nods, and there's, you know, just, there's a lot of stuff, I think, on the there's probably more stuff on the horizon that will be, you know, nods without feeling yoked, maybe, as a word? Yeah. Yoked yeah. to the EU. And, I mean, the EU still stands on its own. There, It's, you know, legends, I think. Yeah, legends. So, I mean, I'll have some stuff from that, like anything by Zahn and then all of the X-Wing books. Those are, those are, they, those books have not disappeared. They are not unwritten. And so we can still enjoy them. Yeah. But. And what I what I like is that um, the things that Disney wants to you know keep us cognizant of, they're being um, uh, being mentioned in like things like uh, Rebels. Um, Rebels makes a lot of references to EU stuff, um, Plagueis, Dooku, um, all that good stuff. And then Disney Infinity is another way they're really doing good jobs of like. Um, there's a lot of EU stuff, like, I was peppered throughout the movie, um, but they also do that through the Disney Infinity game. Some of the characters you meet with and some of the conversations you have, that which you can completely go without never ever seeing if you don't go looking for it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a completionist to a different level. Like, when I say 100%, I mean I want 100%. Like, I'm playing Dragon Age at the slowest rate possible. 
Like, I have 13 hours in. I haven't left the first zone. 13 hours in, I'm still in the first zone. Why? That's fair. Because I'm checking, because I like those You're checking it off. Yeah. So, like, me playing through Disney Infinity, there's a lot of, I was like, I read something, I was like, that doesn't make any, oh, expand the universe. That makes sense now. So. Yeah. uh, Fun bit that I saw on, uh, like, Facebook news feed today, um, Billy D. Williams is going to be in the next Star Wars. I did see that, too. We're getting Lando. Yes, I did see that today. That was actually very exciting. I was like, "Oh my god!" I I, I was pretty happy for that. Like, yeah. it's too bad. Han proper, Han proper, <laughs> proper, proper Star Wars or like alternate years. Episode stuff? eight. Oh, that's wonderful. <clears throat> yes, he he. It it said something about cameo, so it may not be a huge part, but he is going to be in. in the, he will be there. Episode eight. That's cool. I mean, any more? I mean, we could always use more Lando. That hair, that soul glow. <laughs> that's so glow if you don't know what so glow is go to YouTube and type in so glow and look up that funny hilarious clip from coming to America if you haven't seen coming to America I am ashamed of you and I disown you as a friend or just watch you know any of the Star Wars movies with Lando Calrissian yeah you can do that too but you definitely need to watch coming to America because so glow is the greatest commercial that never existed of all time <laughs> it sounds like some of the commercials from uh, UHF yeah, probably. Alright, and then... So, let's get into the de- decide, the Okay, the divisive part. Of decisive? Divisive. Divisive? <laughs> yeah. The most divisive part of oh, Force Awakens. Division, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, Kylo Ren, obviously, we said spoilers if you're listening and you don't care about spoilers. And then, mm. nah, I can't... I, spoilers! Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler warning. Big capital letters. Spoilers. I would spell spoilers, but I'm too tired right now. Uh, so, Kylo kills Han Solo. No, it's too late. I already said that earlier. Okay. (laughs) My big thing is, my big thing is... We're focusing on it now. My big thing is, like, a lot of people are like, oh, he only did it so he can bring balance to the Force. Mm, Wrong. Horseradish. That is garbage at its finest level. I, like, as much as I want to be like, oh, one day he'll be redeemed and him and Rey are going to bring this balance. No, he is going to be the best bad guy we have ever seen and i'm so excited for it you know i've actually i've been thinking about it and i've been reading a couple things that have talked about why kylo is actually a fantastic villain and i i have to agree with you it's like it feels like in some ways almost like an inversion of stuff we saw with darth vader's journey Mm -hmm. and there's just i mean it's the more that i think about the character the more i enjoy what they've done i'm not saying force awakens is literally (laughs) perfect no movie is literally perfect, but it's as close to perfect as you could be. In my it, it's 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 high up there, but especially when it comes to <laughs> the characterization. There's st- the stuff that I I get nitpicky with is more on things like sense of scale and whatnot, or like the nitpicky. Yeah. How can you see the planet blowing up from a different system, and you know? But it's it's <laughs> the stuff that's like it maybe drags the film down a little bit, but it doesn't stop the film. It yeah. doesn't, it, it's not a showstopper in any capacity. Yeah. And if, um, thankfully we've gotten that, um, okay, I'll say that for a second. Um, the reason, um, inverse of Darth Vader makes sense. Cause I don't know if you really like, I don't know if that's perfect. Yeah. But I think but that okay. was kind of one Darth of the Darth Vader is more like a pendulum. Cause he starts light as Anakin goes dark to Vader, and then eventually ends up being light at the very end, saves the sun being, being killed by the Emperor, and dies as, I don't know if we call him a good guy, but a 
certainly he, redeemed. He dies as Anakin. He dies as Darth Vader. Yeah, so he's redeemed at the very, very end. This is a. I, I think this is just a straight shot to the dark side. I don't think Ben cares. Um, not that he doesn't care, but that uh, you have to imagine. And um, shout out to the guys from the IGN UK podcast for really going into depth. You have to imagine this guy being the son of Han Solo, knowing his grandfather is at up to that point. The son of Han Solo and Leia. I feel like that's like two. That's yeah. like double pressure. Yeah. So first of all, like your parents are, sheesh. Yeah. Like. Everyone in the Resistance knows who they are. My, again, get nitpicky. How is it that this happened 30 years ago, but yet the Resistance is kind of a rumor? Luke is a legend. The Force is a myth. Well, yeah, I mean... I, I think the idea with... Like, the Resistance isn't a legend. Everybody, everybody knows the Resistance is a thing. It's more stuff like the Force and the Jedi and such. You have I to think remember, there like, were only, from the original trilogy, Luke was the only He was the last Jedi. Luke was the only one last. Jedi, so, so, prequel trilogy, it's like... 20 or maybe a little over 20 years from the prequel trilogy to A New Hope. And then New Hope to Jedi is like half a decade or something like that. And then it's another 30 years to now. And we have it established that Luke had like some Jedi he was training, yeah. but they never, it never, uh, it never got off the ground. Yeah. Uh, most of them got put in the ground. Yeah. Maybe that's too soon. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, Snoke mentions that, like that. that if Luke is allowed to return, so will the Jedi. So I think, I mean, it makes sense. It's just like, how is it that these things are rumors when there were two Death Stars? Two of them. Well, and yeah. I, well, the, but the second one wasn't in a big populated yeah, system. So we get, so, you know, every, I don't think anybody takes for granted that the Empire was a thing or that Alderaan's destruction was a thing. I think it's more like, because he says all the stories are true. Everything you've heard is true. So it's not, oh, Han Solo doesn't exist. It's, is everything we heard about you true, Han Solo? Like, you're you're alive? And did that stuff happen? And Han's like, yeah, it all happened. Except, like, cooler and more, like, both age-weary and laid-back than that. Yeah, okay, I'm guess, not Harrison Ford. I guess it's not that outlandish. Because in my lifetime, I'm 24. Um, I went from cassette types to... I, 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 iTunes, I mean, I, I, Apple Music, whatever. My sister doesn't know what the set tape is. So, it's not that unfathomable. Well, right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Benjamin this is like that. something similar. He's like, what's a, we pulled out a VH, v, VHS and he's like, what is this? And we're like, oh my God, you don't know what a VHS yeah, is. Yeah, so it's, it's not that unfathomable that the story about, uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, moving on. Because we'll be here forever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this division between um, the light side and the dark side within Kylo Ren is really what's keeping him from being as powerful as we know him to be. Like, this kid is no joke. He, let me, just so you know, he pulled an Anakin. He wiped out the Padawans. Came in and was like, all right, all of you go to sleep. Good night. Like, he had a couple guys helping him, but it's pretty clear but, he was yeah, doing he a lot. Was really... Ren, yeah, and then in the flashback, you see him clearly standing, doing a lot of dirty work in the flashback. He slightly cuts down someone. No remorse whatsoever, at least we don't see remorse. So the division of light and dark side, I think, is because his parents are such huge figures for the resistance. So there was probably pressures and stuff, exactly. and then growing Snoke up, comes in, preys on it, yeah. Yeah, growing up, like, knowing your father, your father and your mother, these were awesome heroes for the resistance, but your grandfather was Anakin Skywalker. He did kill the Paladins. He was Darth Vader. He did literally watch... The destruction of another Well, I'm going to start right there. I wonder how 
the like I wonder how it was presented to him the idea of his grandfather because I can't imagine that him being like maybe eleven or twelve his mom sitting him down is like look Ben we gotta tell you something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your grandfather like I don't imagine that that may have been something that Snoke may have used as leverage it's like look not everything's good in the neighborhood dog your yeah. grandfather was like the baddest man. Yeah, was yeah, the like, baddest. <laughs> you can imagine the other kids in there like they probably kind of like snicker at him as like or like like how are you not the best ever like your mom was a beast your uncle was a monster i mean your grandfather was a monster but your uncle like yeah so he probably like has a lot of internal conflict your uncle killed your grandfather i mean there's a lot of family issues in the Skywalker family. So, and everyone I mean, likes to get their hands cut off, apparently. The Skywalker, <laughs> he did not. He did. He did. He did. Second viewing. Upon right. second viewing, he did not get Yeah, I, I, I know that. I'm still waiting for it to happen. Yeah. Episode 8. Episode 8. <laughs> but the, the two but industries that the Skywalker family will always yeah. keep in business is therapists yeah. and cyberneticists. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. So, I feel like Kylo Ren like, deciding, okay... Um, I never, I never ever thought once he wanted to come to the light. There were a lot of people. There's a lot of articles out there. Oh, Kylo Ren really, really wanted to come to the dark side, but Snoke like whispered in his ear. I never anticipated no, him going. I, to I light. can understand I like was, the maybe the na- the nagging in the because he did say it, it's it's calling. He he's not struggling. It's calling to him, but yeah. he never said he was wanting to go back. Yeah, maybe I, what he. Maybe rather than saying he wanted to go back to the light, it was the conflict is that he maybe wanted to go back to his parents. Mm-hmm. It's a subtle but important difference. Yeah, that, okay, that's great. He missed his parents. Yeah, and that's great thing. And by killing his father, he is officially, and I've said this before, he has crossed the line that Vader didn't cross. He crossed the line that Luke refused to cross, and the Emperor got pissy about it. Um, so he is, I feel like he is another level of bad. A, ba- a level of bad that we have not seen in a long time. A lot of people say, oh, Grievous. Grievous was really bad. Grievous was a machine. He ain't Darth Maul, um, <laughs> Grievous cheated. Grievous, yeah. Grievous. Even above what the Force lets you cheat with, he cheated. Yeah, like, Grievous was a machine and doesn't qualify. So I feel like Kylo Ren crossing that bridge. And if he could, I mean, I won't say if he could have. A lot of people are like, oh, he's not that strong. He got beat by a girl who never... Okay. Fight. Second, first of all, he got shot by Chewie's blaster, which sends normal stormtroopers flying. If you or got, causes explosions, it sends multiple stormtroopers flying. Exactly. He got so hit. They got he got hit in the side by Chewie's blaster and was able to survive. And then Finn, before he got knocked out, managed to do a bit of damage. Like Finn actually damaged his right arm and did some the damage left. to his leg. He he he, he landed a, a small blow to the left but with arm. the lightsaber even a small blow hurts yeah. like the Dickens. He yeah. la- Finn landed a blow or two yeah. and wore him out and in the meantime yeah he he's has a gut out. wound yeah and he's bleeding out by the way in case you didn't notice by him trying to stop the bleeding, bleeding out he's bleeding from out. the bowcaster so which doing. I thought he was just like trying to hype himself <laughs> yeah no like, I couldn't I was like why is he doing that on his wound but one of my friends is like no that's actually a thing when you take a wound like that if you if you hit it and basically you're using pain, you're using trauma to numb the pain long enough for you to do I something. I think I saw so that's what he's doing. Oh. He's like slamming it to make to give it enough trauma that it basically numbs itself and then he can focus on the fight. Yeah. But yeah, he he takes a shot from the like the non lightsaber weapon of this movie, the one that has been hyped up all over the place, <laughs> and keeps going. He yeah. just keeps going. Yeah, so the kid the kid is no one he's no one to joke around with. And like Ray's awakening comes uh, obviously, Force Awakens. Her awakening comes 
um, not as her like trying to resist the force, it's more like her just letting go and accepting it. And the force, like, she already knows how to fight. And I think her staff is still gonna remain her weapon, her main weapon, because I hope she mounts a lightsaber to the end of it. That would be awesome. I, I, think, yes. yeah, I really want the, I really want the Darth Maul dual saber. Yeah, the double sided saber. But I feel like <laughs> she's gonna be much like Luke and Leia are. Oh, well, much like Luke is, he has his blaster, and then he has... His saber. His saber. I think she's going to be a dual... Weapon. Weapon master of some sorts. I think she she just... She, she, for some reason, she has some deep attachment to that staff. Because now you have a lightsaber that can cut that staff in half. But for some reason, she's still hanging on to it at the end of the movie where she goes to meet Luke. She still has that... Yeah. That caster is important to her. Maybe it has some significance to her childhood that we don't understand. Or it's or like it's, the one thing she had growing up and yeah. it's what she defended herself with for so long. And she's very... It's hers. She's extremely comfortable. And that's, that's also like a great thing for like cosplayers and just a, a great identifier. We know her having that staff from yeah. now and forever. So um, I'm interested to see what they what they do with it. Um, hopefully it's like a precursor to Darth Maul's dual blade. I, I, would, I would be okay with a Darth Maul thing, but I, I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to see like Oh, she's just got a stick. And then there's a lightsaber blade on the end. Oh, no! Yeah. Who let her do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's all it's all, it's all, all great. But I think episode eight, um, we get the return of Kylo Ren. And let's, let's be honest. He's, he's, not, he's not going to... He's not going to go easy on anyone in episode eight. He's coming for blood in episode eight. I mean, Snoke is going to quote-unquote finish his training... While Ray's already is just starting hers, he's already been training the Force. She's just now starting hers. He's had years of experience because I think the age difference. He's about thirty. Um, I would pick. I mean, it, it's hard uh, to tell well, with the actors and stuff. According I mean, to a tweet from, I believe the actor who played Kylo Ren, he's believed to be the age of like anywhere between twenty eight and thirty. Yeah, and Ray is, I think, early twenties. Yeah, 20, I, I would peg her at like the. No, uh, I was I was thinking like they look like about yeah. a uh, no more than a ten year gap. Yeah, nineteen and twenty. So this guy's had first of all his uncle's training previously, and now Snoke's training. And we, Lord knows who well Snoke has, because we're just now seeing. Um, well, he has General, the Knights of Ren. Yeah, exactly. Whatever those guys are, whatever, he's got whoever them. they may be. Um, we just now see his military side with the. Um, First Order and Captain Phasma. General Hux. Uh, yeah, General Hux, Captain Phasma, because I don't think she's done yet. I think she has a lot more to play. Yeah, she's, she's on the cast list for the next one. Yeah, so, so uh, she is gonna, I thought she's going to have a way bigger role to play, because I think she's an amazing character. Um, you don't get to be the chrome-plated silver stormtrooper of stormtroopers by getting thrown into a trash compactor. And then just disappear. Although that was a hilarious... The greatest scene like, in the gosh. movie, in my opinion. Well, not the greatest. The funniest scene in the movie. The, I think if we're, if we're picking one of the best like lighthearted scenes in the movie, it's clearly when Finn gives BB-8 the thumbs up and BB-8 gives him the thumbs the up back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. waiting for that gif. For that to be a gif. Alright, well. Alright. Um, yeah, so that's gonna be a good one. Uh, hold on, wait, wait, wait. So, did uh, and sometimes I just kind of zone out in the movies. Did Nines get blown up? Like, does Nines? So not he got hit. Down? He got hit. But there's um there's there's a there's a tweet or uh something out there that says um 
maybe we'll see more of FN2199. So that's his official name. Okay, and so maybe for, we'll also see those, zeros. Yeah. Yeah. We're, for those of you that don't know, um, it was identified through interviews with some of the screenwriters that, spoiler alert, Finn was not just a custodian. He was actually a part of like an elite stormtrooper task force when he was going through training. And so it was him and code names nines, zeros, and slips. And then apparently Slips is believed to be the guy that got killed in the beginning of the movie. So. I think that's been officially codified, yeah. is that yeah. he died. Yeah. And Nines is the one who fights him. Nines, yeah. I was reading something, Nines trained in like riot control. Hence why he's got that yeah. awesome twirly baton thing and the shield and whatnot. Um, it, it, for those who've maybe like seen some of the memes and whatnot, we're talking about the, you know, again, the guy with that electrical baton Anti-saber. Anti-saber mm-hmm. thing. The one who shout, shouts out traitor. A lot of people were calling him TR8R until it was revealed that he, he's nine. Like there was a fan theory that he was nines because there's a there's a prequel, a novel right before the movie that goes through kind of what Finn goes through. Um, and then it was officially stated that it was specifically nines that went against him. And it was, everybody was like, it's probably either nines or zeros. Yeah. It was nines. Um, and it also made an interesting point. Finn didn't get a nickname, and that was like a thing with the stormtroopers. Everybody got nicknames: nines, zeros, slips. Finn never got one because he was apparently too compassionate, which makes the whole thing where Poe is like, "I'm going to call you Finn," and Finn's like, "I like that. I like that." I mean, like, if that bromance could get any bromancier. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a great thing because. Um, Supposedly Finn was one of the best um, in the task force, and a lot of people were complaining that he kind of got beat up too much. I think he was, um, particularly seeing Ray being carried off, he was too emotional to, to fight to the best of his ability. I mean, like, there's a point where he picks up a lightsaber, and he picks up a blaster, and he's literally using both at the same time, blasts somebody, deflects, or not just instinctively, deflects a blow from a blaster and then shoots people. Like so Finn is extremely talented. So I'm looking forward to there's a lot of ancillary characters. Not almost the ancillary because that makes them sound like weak, but like there's a lot of secondary characters I'm looking forward to getting built up. I really want to see how Finn develops, how Captain Phasma develops. But we gotta see a lot more about Poe, because Poe is an extremely important character in the resistance. Leia sent him out of everyone in the resistance, she sent him to retrieve the map to her brother. So there's like this guy is, is no joke. They, I mean, they always say, "Oh, I didn't like Kylo Ren's famous." Well, I don't think famous line, but Kylo Ren's line. I didn't know we had the best flight fighter pilot in the resistance in our presence. But that was also in the line of the little scrolling thing. Yeah, exactly. She said. So they mentioned it twice now. So he's the best fighter pilot they have. So I really not to s- mention the comment Finn made like twice yeah. during the fight. Yeah, yeah. I'm a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like that one. Anyway, I'm really excited to see how they uh, build up those characters in uh, episode eight. Yeah, what do you think about the rumors of Snoke being Plagueis? Because I know there's a lot of people. Saying I don't that think it's it's possible that he's Plagueis. I think what's more likely is he's actually Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Sorry, I've been holding that in. I All day. Wanted, I just wanted to, make, I just wanted to make a joke had to, I mean, you had to. It's cool. All day, all day. Anyway, I think he's actually been... I think he's his master. I think he's a new level of bad. 
That, oh, you think he's his master? Yeah, I think he's Plagueis' master. I think he was the one because like Plagueis was giving instructions to the emperor um, in the prequels. Yeah, I believe that's how he goes. Plagueis was giving instructions to the emperor in the prequels um, before he dies to Dooku, but not really dies. Um, long story short, I think Snook has been playing the long game. I don't think like Snook is a new guy. I think he's been doing this for a while. And like, if you notice. The resist the seat of resistance of the government gets blown up. So the resistance, a lot of their fighters are diminished. But then when Starkiller Base gets blown up, okay. Just a quick side note. I mentioned Star Wars The Force Unleashed earlier. The main character's name is Starkiller. So again, references expanded universe. Starkiller Base, the name of the main character in Force Awakens is Starkiller. Quick little side note in case not anyone didn't know that. Anyway, back to it. Um when Starkiller Gates gets blown up a lot of the stormtroopers and a lot of their ships and their flyers get destroyed as well. So now, um, both the Resistance and the First Order are severely, I don't want to say handicapped, but their forces are diminished. So now it's like an arms race. So I think Snook has the Knights of Ren. He's still got General Hux because we know General Hux escaped. So I think he's got um, a lot more in the bags. I think Snook's been playing the long con for a long time. So I'm really, I don't know if we'll find out who Snook is until episode 9. Or whenever this trilogy ends, or series ends, whatever they call it. A trilogy three movies. So I know, but <laughs> they've said they have, they have, I don't know if they've specifically said it's a trilogy or more of a series. True. Yeah. So if this trilogy ends on episode nine, we'll probably find out then. If it's a series, who knows? But the thing is, like, I, I don't want them to do that because that's pretty much what they did in the original trilogies. Like, they didn't bring uh, the emperor until they didn't actually show him until. Episode 6, was it? Mm-hmm. Whatever. They were the uncompleted Death Star or whatever. And the way you're describing I think you might be spot on on some things, but I, you make it sound like he's going to be old. I don't want that. I want, like, another youngish type of, well, still older than Kylo Ren, someone who's very knowledgeable, to be, like, teaching him. So that way it's just like, oh, yeah, I beat Kylo Ren. Oh, crap. I still got to fight this guy instead of... Darth Vader pushing the Emperor over the side because he's yeah. too frail to do anything. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, Plagueis, the, um, I think it's very Slightly telling. This prime pop. I think it's very telling that they go into this temple and it's a giant, gigantic hologram of this human being. Like, even, like, the screen actor, the guy who did the mocap for Plagueis had to sit on a ladder when he was reading his lines to portray that sense of overwhelming presence yeah presence i think that's also an indication of his power his strength i don't think i don't think snoke is anybody to sleep on i feel like or sleep with his powers i feel like he's a he's yeah, a very powerful being i feel like he's a giant being but like if he if he needs to do battle he can probably change his size um, but I feel like he's a giant being already. I mean, I don't know if he's giant. I think he's. I think Yoda size. If he's not, like no, no, not Yoda size. Three inches but tall. Like, he'd be a little bit shorter than Kylo uh, Ren. Yeah, and then kind of like the Darth Vader Emperor situation. Yeah, and that's not sleep. Like Yoda was old, but he put the paws. Boy, he oh, yeah, he's putting paws on people. Like in the Clone Wars, Yoda was out here. Yoda's out. Here. He may be old, but he put paws on people in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you never, again, if you haven't realized the spoilers, 
spoilers for Clone Wars at this point. I don't know if you haven't finished Clone Wars. When Order 66 is enacted, Order 66 is enacted, stormtroopers turn on the Jedi, start killing them. Yoda was surrounded. I think it was 100 to 1. He made it out. Let's not sleep on old people. Like, the Force is with this guy. So, Snoke, being older, I don't think is an indication of anything. I'll play just survived death three times now. He's old. But he's still... Dooku was old. Still put in work, so... Old just means you're efficient. It means mm. you've seen some things. <laughs> that too. Alright, um... So this isn't turned into Star Wars cast. Um... Make the shift. Yeah. Can I... Do you have anything to talk about, John? Because I'm going to go on a rant. I have some stuff. Uh, maybe, well, no. it, it, it'll take a while. It, yeah. It'll be a minute. And it'll probably have some Q&A from some of you guys. So I would say let's do your rant, unless it's related to like the top five or money to blow. And then we can go into kind of what I brought yeah. some stuff on. You got anything to talk about? Oh, I'm just hyped for Ninja Storm 4 that's coming out in yes. a month. Yeah. So I've friend, been waiting for this since like, what, July? July. July. And then a week after that, Street Fighter has been pushed up, so Street Fighter Five comes out like a week after that. Oh, cool! So I'm, I'm hyped. I'm ready. What, what day is the Easy album coming out? It's February 11th. So we get Kanye, a new Kanye album, Swish. Oh hell, Kanye hashtag New Year, New Easy hashtag New Baby. Um, so new Kanye album, and then Naruto, and then Street Fighter. February is lit. Deadpool. Like, Oh, that does come out. Deadpool? February is lit. Not to mention Black History Month, but you know, Black every month. Doesn't Black matter Black if you're hashtag team single. You should be hyped for the entertainment industry in February. Wait, what? Houseway. I'm putting my, <laughs> I'm putting my job. I'm <laughs> Y'all think I'm playing. It's like, so why are you putting any two weeks? Bruh, now it's now it's okay. What are you what tripping? <laughs> yeah, no, February's gonna be awesome month. I'm super excited for it. But, uh, time for some... It's usually sad Nintendo news. Some sad Square uh, Enix news. What's going on in Square Enix? I don't know, but apparently they're supposed to have some announcements. Actually, they they've they've said that coming soon. Hopefully, in the next month or two, they're supposed to have some announcements concerning the remake and concerning both Kingdom Hearts two point eight and three. Now, the only thing I've heard, who knows? It's very vague. Kingdom Hearts 3 is in the important stages of development. Now, granted, who knows? That's a very vague statement, but the closest news I have is that the actor who actually does Winnie the Pooh has said that he has finished all his voice acting parts for his section. How many? So, There's a total of maybe 17 minutes of Winnie the Pooh. But you gotta remember they space they space that junk out. So I don't again I don't know. It's a very major stage of development. It's very vague. It's very vague. So we don't know. And my thing is like when actors come in and say, "Oh yeah, I've done all my readings," that doesn't mean anything. You go in and you read that that voice actors literally go in and they read every single line they have for the game in two to three days. So just because they have the voices done means nothing. It means nothing. And like depends again, on what being, process they follow in terms of making that's game, that's though. how every that's how every game does it. Your actors come in. I mean, you get to a certain stage, and then your actors come in and they do their voices, and then they go into mocap because not all actors do mocap. I mean, a lot of studios do the thing where actors are like master the in-game pages. 
That's not Kingdom Hearts. Clearly. If the guy looked like Winnie the Pooh, he might have some bigger problems. It might not be an E-rated game anymore. Um, <laughs> no. And there it is. <laughs> but uh, my thing is, they put out this long-form letter, and like I don't know if it was the way it was translated or just the way it was written, but it was basically the guy in charge of Kingdom Hearts 15, uh, sorry, Final Fantasy 15, which is 10 years in development at this point. You gotta remember, 15 was originally 13 verses, and just, it was a different game now. 13 verses no longer existed, because 13 was not that great of a Final Fantasy game, sue me if you want, but um, it started out as 13 verses, and now it's 15, and then it's we got that Deus whatever demo, and then Dead Silence, and then they put out this letter that's kind of like, we're doing our best, we have our best people on this, like we pulled our like our A-team from other games to put them on this game, yeah. we're doing, we're, and the way it started was like, we're going to do whatever we can to do in our power to put out the best Final Fantasy game Cause in they're 2016, actually... but if it doesn't happen, don't be mad at us. And I'm like, what? what is going on? Maybe there's a cultural thing there. Maybe there's a cultural thing, but like, Here's my thing, Square Enix. Stop announcing games. Can we agree that everyone in this room should just forget that the 7 Remake exists? Because they've got 90,000 games to come out before finally. They've got... Granted, you have got understood. seventeen different Star Ocean games that need to come out before finally. Well, but also, also we got to understand, though, that... A lot of these are going to be coming from Japan, so they're going to... They've done a lot. Kingdom Hearts, it, it's... It comes out in Japan first before they even decide to bring it to America. I don't know how many times that, and it's it's kind of sad. They're kind of the Kingdom Hearts fan base around the world is kind of getting treated like, you know, not necessarily like junk, but no. But here's the thing: since the announcement of the game, they've said that game is coming out day and date everywhere on the PlayStation, the Xbox, as Japan. So now, wait uh, for fifteen. No. Kingdom Hearts 3. They never gave a release date. I said it's coming out. They've said it's coming out day and date for the Xbox and the PlayStation. They didn't give a date, but they've already they've already shoehorned themselves into saying Kingdom Hearts is coming out the same day in Japan as it is in America. Oh, worldwide? Yeah, it's a worldwide ah, release. Okay, okay. It is a worldwide release. They, That's they, what they want to do, but they haven't... I mean, No, they said it. They said it at E3. Yep, they put it on the screen. Worldwide release... Um, PS4, we, we Xbox will see one. because I don't. I, they may but have said it. They have may have said it, but I don't believe it. Stop saying things, Square Enix. You don't have. You have no answers right now. We got a whole lot of questions. You have no answers right now, guys. And they sorry, keep announcing earlier. The, That's where he's saying how sway. Thank you. That's what I'm. The like, only thing that is certain right now, at least in terms of time frame, is 2.8 is coming out 2016. <laughs> That is the only... They haven't given us a month and a day, yeah, but that's the right. only thing that is certain right now. They shouldn't... Can we place bets on when Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to come out? Like, 2.8 does come out to 2017. My money's on 2020. No. Mm. 2.8 does come into 2017. I guarantee you. I'll put money on 2. it right now. 2.8.7 over divided A by the alpha. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, think, the I think it will. No, it will be at the end of this year. I kid you not. That game will not see the light of day until Final Fantasy 15 comes out. And if that doesn't make it this year, 2.8 doesn't come out until 2018. I kid you not. Because those people... Listen, they have Dragon Quest builders and Dragon Quest whatever. You have to remember, like, Star Ocean whatever is still out. Not, not Star Ocean 5 or Star Ocean 6, but the, and not, even, not Star, even Dragon Quest 5. Like, 
they just announced, and here's the thing, every time they show a clip for, like, the two, three-minute footage we saw of Kingdom Hearts, now in development. What in the world? Like, don't show us what's in development. Just say, hey, we have a game. We'll see you later. And then disappear. Like, Bethesda did, like, again, like, again, Fallout 4 is an amazing game, but Witcher deserved to win because it is a complete game. Witcher came out and worked phenomenally. That's probably the best-looking game I don't want to say ever, but definitely top 10 last decade, top five in the last decade. One of the best looking games. One of the best looking games of all time. Top 10 games of the last decade. I keep you down. I put it in my top five the last decade. Amazing game. Fallout came out to mixed reviews, mixed feelings, mixed emotions. I don't care what people say. That game is amazing. Is it as good as Fallout 3? I think it's better. Some people say no. Some people say yes. Um, just play it. Play it for what it is and enjoy it. <coughs> but credit to Bethesda. If you ask them under gunpoint when Fallout 4 is coming out, I'd be like, I, I don't know. They didn't put any footage out. They came out, had their own press conference, showed footage, and goes, Fallout 4 will be November 11, 2015. What happened? It came out November 11, 2015. We've had footage of Kingdom Hearts for how many years now? Three? We've had yeah. footage of Final Fantasy for the last five years. We still don't have a game. Like At this point, I'm just like, shut up and put a game on the table. Like, yeah, that's... Hooper, get off the pot. Like, th at this point, you're just talking, and he's taking up good real estate. Like, stop it. Like, I don't understand. Again, maybe it's a cultural thing, because we kind of got a, a glimpse into, like, behind the curtain and the nastiness of game making between the Kojima and Konami drama, which now it's all over. Kojima Studios, it's its, its own thing. Kojima basically started his, his Kojima Productions and, like, went into Konami, took all his homies, and was like, we're out, hit the fade, and now they're starting their own studios. There's a funny picture out there, and it's just him and his new team. And it was like, is Kojima Production a gaming making studio or a Japanese boy band? And it looks funny. Yeah, it's literally just 12 guys. Well, through three million, but it's hilarious. It's a great picture. Uh, but now they're, they've they announced their first game is coming out with PlayStation. I think it's going to be console exclusive. I don't think it's going to be time exclusive. He just feels comfortable with PlayStation. We've talked about this briefly, so I will not spend too much time on it. But like... And I think this this is, like, for me, not, like, I, I don't want to rag on Square Enix because when they put out games, they're fantastic. Final Fantasy XIV is amazing. I haven't played this as much just because, like, I don't have a billion and a half hours to sink into another RPG. Um, and I already spent, like I said, I'm 13 hours into Dragon Age and I haven't left the first zone. Yeah, so imagine how, like, OCD I'd be about, like, that. Um, that's amazing. Like... We're not saying these games aren't amazing. They even, like... My thing is, like, why do they keep announcing things and keep filling up their plate? It's like the one guy at the buffet who's full but just keeps adding more to his plate. Bruh, go home. Stop. Like, you, <laughs> the food will be here the next day. Like, it's okay. Go home and come back. So I just want them to shut it down and stop making announcements and just, like... It almost sounds like their marketing department... Like, there's some miscommunication between, like, the marketing and the development and the overall management. Like, that's... That's, I mean, maybe I'm over business analyzing it, but that's almost what it feels like because you've got the people on the one side who are trying to make a good game, and that almost sounds like the people who wrote that note you were talking about. Yeah, like, it was a We're going to make the best game we can. We're going to try for this time, but if it doesn't make it, please don't be mad at us. And then on the other hand, you have the marketing people like, OMG, Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy. I mean, and it's there's very little connection, and so the marketing people are just like, let's hype everything, and then the development people are like, we still have, like, three years left, guys. Uh, let's still hype everything. 
I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm and some of these games already have a big enough fan base that you don't really necessarily need to get as hyped. Right. Uh, I mean, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts. I mean, big name games for Square Enix, and I mean, the following is worldwide. What What is there to hype? Tell, just, I think you're definitely right. Just, hey, we got this game. Yeah. Date. You know, boom. It, it no, should come I would. Out I here. would agree. I would agree, and that's why I'm but. saying. I I guess if what I'm saying is even close to correct, the marketing department needs to be reined in. Somebody really needs to have a sit down with them and say, "You guys need to stop." And that's yeah. And again, I don't want to. I don't want to put it on the marketing team because again, going back to the Konami thing, like Konami was like, Metal Gear Solid Five is gonna do this, this, and this, and Kojima would get on Twitter like. None of that is happening in my game. And then they were like, so you're going to listen to the producers of the game or the guy, the publishers of the game or the guy made the game? Because we have to realize, Square Enix is a publishing house. Like, they own all these studios, kind of much like Activision owns Blizzard, and there's Activision Blizzard, and there's all these other things. And we're going to get into Activision buying MLG in a little bit. Oh, I care about that. I don't know if you guys care about that. But, like, they're a publishing house, so they care about putting out these games. But, like, the development team is what I'm like, a lot of these games are in-house. So, like, how is it that whoever is the the, the board or the... Like, how is, how is it that there's no cohesion? Is it, like, we just want as much hype behind, like, Square Enix? It's like, if Square Enix shut up and just put all their games out in one year, they would have a, they would have a, a game out every month. Every month. They would probably have two games out every month. If they just shut up, went away for a while, and just made games and say, hey, it's 2018, we're going to put out 13 games this year. No one would bat an eye because they have the catalog for it. Dragon Quest V, Dragon Quest Builders, Dragon Quest World. They have a Final Fantasy world that's kind of like a little... Mobile. Yeah, a little mobile game. They've got Star Ocean. They've got Kingdom Hearts. They've got, they could put out two it's, Kingdom it's, Hearts it's, games in one year. It's a, but, it's a little different. I and I don't know if they're ch- trying to kind of keep up with everybody else that's keep announcing games around. I mean, even Square Enix um, and the guys that run Kingdom Hearts in years past... You barely heard anything about Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 1, all we knew was, hey, Kingdom Hearts is coming. We're going to make some Final Fantasy. We're going to make some Disney. It's coming in a, in, in a little less than a year. Boom. We got it. What happened? Chain of Memories happened. It just came out of the blue. Um, I don't even think it was a much of an announcement. Not even a, uh, much of an announcement for when they made the remake for the PlayStation 2. And then same thing with Kingdom Hearts 2. They came to E3. They were like, hey, we got Kingdom Hearts Three coming. Uh, it's gonna come holiday season of next year. Wait for it. It came out, but you barely heard anything. They barely leaked it. They, but now we're to the point that. I, yeah, and like my thing is like people are like, oh, it's coming along fine. It's coming along fine. We don't know that. The most we've seen is three minutes of footage. Like for all we know, they did that three minutes of footage the week before. Like that game could literally be gray everywhere else with Sora's in a, in a world. Fighting Harlots. So, I, probably. But that footage has been sitting around for a while. They showed that at D23. And yeah, then, like, that's three weeks, like, like, four weeks later. Who knows when they created they the footage? They, they're recycling the same footage. So, I'm just like, at this point. They're, they've added, a, they haven't added much. They added a little bit, but they haven't added yeah, so much. Like, for, we, don't, we don't know where any of this is sitting. And so, we don't dominate the mic. You have any feelings on this, Tim? Matt? John? Brian? Naruto comes out in a month. That's all I'm ready for. Yeah, I care about Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I'm not as hyped as Dev about you guys, and you know, I don't care about it too much. But I'm just, 
Time for Naruto Street Fighter. No, that's coming out. So yeah, all I have to say is free my homie Ben from the dark realm. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts reference for those who don't get it. Oh man, uh, what's next? Uh, do you okay. have anything? Or? Um, Again, I've got some stuff, but I didn't want to. I mean, I'm always open to talk about One Piece. You guys know that. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't. Oh, yeah. Anything come to mind, Brian? No, I was just agreeing with that. I, I'm mostly caught up on that. On the manga, I'm caught up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Good man. <laughs> I'm, I'm letting the anime get some distance so I can I got binge, you. <laughs> binge watch it. It's kind of slow to come out. I'm not going to say anything because somebody refuses to read. Me? It's yep. me. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I don't read. I watch on my own time. I tried to watch one episode. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I realized I was 300 episodes from the point I was supposed to be at. So I went to bed. Yep. Um, I did think think of something. I don't know if you guys saw this, but again, it was just like on my Facebook uh, news feed. But Funimation has announced that they're going to be doing a subscription service that is ad-free anime streaming. And it's like their whole library subbed and dubbed. Hmm. I think I paid for that already. Yeah, it, and it's it, I like read a little more, and it sounded like there's already a service, but maybe it's getting revamped. Yeah, but it, it more than once it said ad free, and I and I thought of you, Caleb. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I don't know. It may be I'm one just... of those things that Funimation, Funimation. I think they have their own kind of library, and then Crunchyroll has their own kind of library. Crunchyroll actually, if you just do theirs, theirs is automatically ad free. Now, if you don't have a membership, you can go watch and then the commercials come in. But uh, you have access to the library and access to the new episodes. But they only have so much on their catalog. Same with Funimation. It's kind of one of those things that but I feel I actually, like I might have to buy both. I actually, I, like, I'm I, gonna get it. I was subscribed to the Crunchyroll account and I watched maybe seven. But there is literally twelve Funimation animes that I watch. Um, so I prefer like. I'll, I'll I'll just let I'll keep my Crunchyroll account for anything that pops up because like Matt has been finding some super super dope like low key like animes. And uh, you don't know I, how much he struggles to find those dope yeah, key yeah, animes. Because Matt like, weirdest stuff. Okay, okay, let's just go ahead and throw me under the bus on my first podcast. Thanks for that, Tim. So yes, guys, let's just go ahead and throw the skeletons out. I find some weird stuff trying to find anime, but everything weird. You gotta try with cost, especially with the anime. These Hashtag jabs, no, these jabs are out here. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. No. no. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I'm sorry, Katie, but it's a Japanese. Exactly. <laughs> I don't mean any offense to you, but I'm. Like, I don't know this man. And, uh, I'm not sure what I'm doing here. I was kidnapped on the side of the road. <laughs> I, I'm a little scared right now. Like what uh, I'm saying is because of what you what you put up. Like, yeah, 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 man. But, but, but you, you never know, too, as well. Yeah, like, but at the same time, every the, show's a gamble. The, the phase <laughs> they're referring to happened a couple years ago. That's why I stuck to my main three animes, Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece, man. I stuck to that for three years. Three yeah, years. Me, I did yeah, not venture. No, like, he was watching something. I was like, what are you watching? He was like, I can't really explain it. I was like, what's the name? I had to pick up chicks in a dungeon. I was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> so, 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 the purpose is not as weird as it sounds. So, it is yeah, great, it, though. It's That's actually so, 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 yeah, good. there so, are girls. There is a dungeon. Not the kind of dungeon. It's a mythical dungeon where you fight monsters. And, yeah. See, but, that's yeah. where my mind goes first when you say dungeon. <laughs> but, yeah, actually, but, I know you like Funimation. I personally love Crunchyroll. Uh, Goddard, he has that subscription. And during the summer before I started working at 
watch sat there watch one piece to watch hunter hunter on there i found some other good animes as well i i just love it i mean and i've dabbled in funimation and just haven't really gotten deep into it to find anything that really suits me but when i think it's also at the same time it's what's available True. Yeah. to you and what you're able to access yeah quickly. so if they're gonna put their whole library on there it's gonna be awesome yeah, i mean it sounded it. like it was an expansion of what was already there it was it, great the, the way it sounded was it was ad free and tons of stuff and the other thing that I is Amni is Amniplex under up. Funimation? I believe so. So because Amniplex has some really good ones. Yeah, they have some really good ones. What was it? I think it's Asterisk War that I just watched from Amniplex. That's really good. Yeah, a little weird. But it's, it's, it's I mean it's awesome. If they're gonna put that, it's like if Netflix decided, hey, we're gonna start charging twenty two dollars a month, but you can watch everything Netflix has. I would immediately pay that $22, and I would pay that $22 for the rest of my life. Because I'm re-watching Godfather over and over and over again. I would never I would never leave my house. Because if Netflix literally put up their whole catalog, not to mention all the original stuff that they're doing is awesome. But they rotate in a lot. Like, they just rotate in one of my favorite Denzel movies of all time. Second only to Man on Fire, Training Day. Training, I was going to say They just put in Training Day. Training Day. Yeesh. Heat. If you haven't seen Training Day, I officially unfriend you from my life because you are not worth having around. Training Day is amazing. If you've seen, you haven't seen Training Day, we're still friends. Did you see Training Day? We're still friends. Have you seen I'm Training trying Day? to remember. Maybe, maybe not. It's the Ping one time you hang that on me. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, so one of the few Denzel, times that you see Denzel so as, I, I as, would, as not as a good yeah, guy. Yeah. He's he's definitely the bad guy for once. It I happened tonight. <laughs> Um, yeah, so if Netflix decided to do a premium, premium, extra premium, but like included their entire catalog, like I would immediately jump on that. So thank you for letting me know that. I'm excited. I mean, I'm you might keep, at least keep your eyes open. Yeah, I'd definitely know. keep my eyes. It, it was just like a little news blur, but like as far as like, oh, I would subscribe to that. I like I think the wasn't my last episode here. I talked about like Common Rider and stuff. Like if if uh-huh. somebody put a service up, they gave access to not only animation but also some of the live action TV. I would be all over that for sure. Like. I was kind of piqued in interest by saying, oh, Funimation, wow, that, that would be a lot of stuff. Funimation has a lot of... But if somebody had, like, oh, and by the way, we also have subtitled, you know, versions of all of these live-action shows, and we're, you know, these are streaming, I, I would... All over that. All over that. I think Amniplex is under Funimation because Full Metal Alchemist always has Amniplex, and that's under Funimation. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was. That's why I, was, I, I couldn't remember because I like I like a lot of uh, Amniplex. Uh, Again, I think it's shows. the same thing. Like Funimation might be the publishing house, and then like Amniplex right. is like the over company. If yeah, you will. kind of like Disney is for Marvel. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> ESPN. If you didn't know that, yeah, Disney owns ESPN. So yeah, Disney and Google are overlords. Facts. <laughs> waiting True for, facts. Wait, waiting for Apple to just you know release something. I was like, yep, yep Apple's on there too. Well, they kind of already are. They. Dominate the phone market. I don't care what anybody says. For the most part, and have a good in. I would say dominate the phone market and at least a large chunk of the media player market, like the you know iPods. Yeah, I um, think I think iTunes is the most used music streaming network. Yeah. in the world besides Spotify, pretty which is no, no, no we're not saying that Spotify I, isn't, I but it's. I mean, I use Spotify and Apple Music. I like both. You still pay for Spotify? Yeah, I use it. Okay, yeah, just trying. Um, real quick before we get to you, John. No, that's fine. Um, so Teen Titans by TNT is no longer. A thing. How many times have they scrapped that? They, they've only because well, no, uh, just it's, in different variations. Like it's 
It's, like, it's frustrating. I, I really enjoy the Teen Titans, especially the Teen Titans I'm that came so out of Cartoon mad Network. They never finished the Cartoon Network one. Which. <sighs> now we're talking Teen Titans, not Teen Titans Go. Yeah, that's yeah. Still going. It, Teen Titans Go Teen Titans is there. Something else. It's, it's like, something else, but it was their way of trying to appease, appease the. Yeah. Titans, yeah. Be, well, you're in my head. That's exactly what I was going to use as a piece. That's just weird. Uh, anyways, uh, it was a way to appease. It's a sorry attempt. I'm very no, wait, but right here's now. here's the thing. We I'm can't. Very mis- whelmed right now. No, Under, no, that's <laughs> underwhelmed. I'm very well. Underwhelmed. I'm well, nice I mean, justice well, reference. Well, yeah, I was gonna say young justice. I mean, uh, but but here's the, here's another the thing. Show I think they obviously yeah. knew. Don't if, got what I was getting. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think they obviously knew if they tried to pick up where they left from that it, they wouldn't be able to because it, first of all it is not happening immediately and you know, all in succession immediately so i think the best next the next best thing was we'll just give you a show that jokes about itself a little something now granted it's funny if you watch it for what it is it's actually pretty good it's not supposed to be like yeah canon with the other it, it's not now granted I mean, they, they make reference to it references to it or they could just friend. not have canceled teen titans young justice and green lantern the animated series Thank but you. that's just me yeah. bruce <laughs> and the, the, oh, with young justice bruce tim doesn't want to do it anymore i think he had so many issues with cartoon network i, th- I think he said he's he got, done with it which that i mean way to go cartoon network you've just shot yourself in the foot for dc fans congratulations i'm sorry i'm i am just genuinely still bitter about those shows getting canceled and shady reasoning about toys or something i mean like and props to oh shoot uh jason spizak who was on both of those shows young justice and green lantern the animated series he was a main character yeah yeah yeah. he was kid flash on young justice and he was razor on green lantern the animated series he like that guy like his interaction with fans i would rate him as Pretty much about where Stephen Amell is as far Stephen as... Stephen Amell, Jason uh, David Frank, maybe yeah, a lot of those with, guys. With the uh, fan interaction, he's just not as... He doesn't have the same exposure because the two shows that all of the comic fans are going crazy over were canceled, whereas Arrow is still going. And Arrow, what, you know, Arrow's live action, it's on you know, a major network. These were on Cartoon Network. They're both animated, but phenomenal shows for anyone out there who likes superheroes. These are... in especially Young Justice, but really both of them are really, really great shows. Young Justice, I mean, it's it has become one of my favorite interpretations of basically any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, my bar for these shows is like, how do they do Batman? How do they do Superman? You know, a couple other characters. Like, loved it. You know, the characters weren't perf- like perfect people, but that was okay. They weren't caricatures. They weren't it, they weren't stupid, everything. It was just phenomenal. Okay. And here's what I feel. Arrow needs to take a giant hint from Young Justice about how to do Black Canary. Because I still hate Laurel Lance. Laurel Lance needs to go jump off a bridge with no one. I don't mind Laurel. I can't I mean, stand Laurel Lance. Sarah Lance, awesome. Laurel, crybaby. Can't stand her. She's still crying. Felicity stopped crying before Laurel. Laurel is still crying. Woman, what are you doing? She's supposed to be when? one of the Which most... Felicity's also half dead, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, this is a super late spoiler in case you didn't watch the last episode of Arrow. Dang, so. spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, you... you oh, we put a big, giant spoiler. <laughs> is there a spoiler there? Anyway. Uh, uh, like, the way Black Canary handles herself in... Young Justice, f- 
phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, there's a training scene in there where she's... She's beating the pants off Superboy. Everybody. Everyone. She's like, all of you come at me at once. And she didn't even use her sonic scream. Exactly. She's like, all of you come at me at once. And I was like, I'm not going to hit a girl. And he goes, are you too scared? And Superboy being the clone that he is. Again, spoilers, comments. He he may have slight temper issues. He kind of got heated. And he got the paws put on him. She put the paws all over. And he has super strength. He is a he is he is created as a clone from Lex Luthor himself. And Lex Luthor put the paws on. Put the paw put the paws on him. It was she great. pulled a Batman. Really yeah. is how I would put it. Like she like that show made her. I would say it a put very her strong in, independent. In the same, well, yeah, it yeah. made her strong well, independent. Don't need no man to help her. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would say I would say it put her like. As far as just like uh, martial fighting technique, it puts her in at least approaching the same league as Batman, which, you know, coming from me, I mean, that's a pretty high caliber, but because she knows how to fight super powered individuals, especially. She neutralizes the super strength immediately. Immediately. Because she she doesn't try to meet it strength or strength. She doesn't fight stupid. She fights smart. And then you find out she's like a licensed therapist. It's like, oh, well, that explains everything. She's taken psychology courses. Yeah, and that's the thing about like. Laurel, the, my issue with the Laurel character is that she doesn't own up to things. Like, the thing with Sarah. Uh, okay, spoilers everywhere. I mean, we're just going to call this episode even more, more about, about spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> even more about spoilers. Yeah, um, so, like, Sarah dies, and then she takes Sarah to the pit and, like, revives Sarah after, like, Days? Months? No, year. It Years. was over a year. Uh, over a year. A year over Sarah, a year. Sarah's year body half. was pretty desiccated. I mean, that was pretty nasty. Like, oh, it you was don't revive that. <laughs> like, first of all, um, anyone knows about the pit, when Rage gets severely, and I mean <laughs> severely damaged, he tries to go to the pit. I mean, he has died a couple of times, but he's been placed in the pit within minutes. Immediate, I think yeah, the longest, immediately. I think the longest he went was like four days, and that's because he got killed um, stateside, and then had his body had to be transported by Talia to wherever the league was, and they didn't go. They didn't just go to. They went straight to the oasis. They went to the source, and that was the last. That was like the longest, like four days. Because they like yeah. they didn't even go to the but temple. They also, went straight to the source. Also in comics, I think the longest that it's ever really been attempted was just under a year. Yeah. So like this woman is violating all sorts of guy code and girl code. She just. Everywhere, violating all sorts of codes, but she never owns up to everything. And when she owns up to everything, she always has some like ridiculous excuse. Oh well, you did this, and I'm still sore about this. And remember the boat? The boat was 19 years ago. Get over it, woman. What are you doing? <laughs> and my thing is like, we've got to the point where we're seeing Speedy become a more mature character than Laurel. What? That's my thing. I'm just like, is it? I don't know. Speedy, she's she's got her own issues, and she's trying to balance the relationship between Oliver and dad and she's trying to ah okay, giant spoilers you walked into this i'm sorry like <laughs> yeah I, managing the bloodlust that comes with being revived rage doesn't have to worry about this because he's done this a million times and he doesn't have any issues about killing people she's trying to balance the light in the dark oh it comes back full circle star wars at winning anyway she's trying to... <laughs> <laughs> well we did just have lightsaber saturday on Emil's facebook so you know facts facts facts, facts he does facts. that quite a bit i like yeah. that Anyway, so it's just a great. It's, it, there's Felicity's more mature. Everyone in that show's matured. Oliver, Oliver. Oh my gosh! Mature. 
I, I kind of want to see what happens with Roy. Now that he's gone and he comes back. Uh, um, he won't be back that long. Yeah. He's only still, back for an episode. Yeah, I mean, still just interesting character development. I, Arsenal better kick some butt, is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, now that we have Anarchy, I mean, Anarchy. If you don't already know, Anarchy and Arsenal are kind of like, I don't want to call them arch villains, but they butt heads a lot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just came to mind. I just saw this today. Kevin Smith is directing an episode of Flash Upcoming, and it's supposed to debut in May, just before the finale. Kevin Smith, the giant comic nerd? Yes. yes. That guy is He's directing an episode. That is amazing. Not writing a script, directing it. That's going to be great. Um, Kevin Smith, if you don't know about Kevin Smith, um, Clerks, and then he also has like a billion and a half comic book shows, and he owns a comic book shop. So if you want the greatest combination of comic book knowledge ever in existence right now, probably go to Kevin Smith. Besides maybe Bruce Tim. Go to Kevin Smith. Guy knows everything about almost everybody. And guess who's favorite villain? Uh, I think Batman's his favorite. I might be yeah. wrong about that. I think he likes Superman a lot too, but yeah. he, he once almost had a chance to write on super a Superman movie, and that was the one that would have had like Nicolas Cage yeah. and a yeah. giant spider I, and just yeah. Yeah, I, I remember him yeah, retired. Anyway, <laughs> I just don't like this Laura character. I don't know how they're gonna fix her. I don't know if they can fix her, but this is just not a they good need new writers, I think. This I, is not like a, this is not a good canary. For some reason, everyone in the show does better than Canary. Heck, her father it goes to a really dark place and has even redeemed himself in one season, and this takes me here for four seasons and is still just kinda stumbling around. Whoever, like her, de- if she has like a dedicated writer or something, they need to have a talk. They need to go. And I feel like the actress, actress is, is not is bad, really good. And like I like the look that they've given her. I mean, it's not the classic comic look, but none of them are. And I mean, it fits in the show. I wish, but like she half the time, it's like, does she forget that she has the canary cry? I mean, okay, budget, but really, how much budget does it take to have her do that? I'm screaming pose and then do some like high pitched sounds. They already have the sound. Just play it on the you know when you're doing the sound editing. And it's so underused. It's they went very through the underused. Thing. They went through the whole cross up of like, hey, Cisco, help me make out. this device. Fantastic little crossover episode, by the way. Gets Fantastic. used. I, I think I've watched seven episodes so far. I see it being used twice. Twice. Yeah, twice. it's only twice. It's twice. not. It's How? very underused. How? Which also Dave Ramsey. Uh, no, uh, not the... I was like, wait. The actor that plays Diggle. Okay. He crosses over to The Flash, along with Lila, and King Shark is supposed to be in that episode. A giant shark man. Which, that King Shark looks so dope. Oh my goodness. (laughs) My favorite episode so far is The Heroes of Yesterday. That was... Phenomenal. I would have Lens to say tomorrow. Does that start up next next, next week? Thursday. So so That's Tuesday. What I'm for. So Tuesday flash. Tuesday the nineteenth flash. Which by the way, there's supposed to be. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, DC specials after that episode. Um, so there's supposed to be a special uh, for Legends of Tomorrow to really promote it uh, mm. once more before it happens. And then there's supposed to be a special. Um, and I heard Kevin Smith is kind of supposed to be a part of that, help hosting that special for Superman v. Bat- Batman v. Superman or whatever. And they're both half hours each. Um, and then so one. Wednesday is then, of course, Arrow on the 20th. And then the 21st on Thursday is uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So, wait, who do we do we have any guesses on who's in the grave? Have we... Have we determined... We, I think we've talked... I, I, I don't... I think I've talked to you about my guesses... Obviously, they haven't told us who it is. They haven't told us. 
Um, it's not. Uh, my guess. As much as I want it to be, it's not going to be. We, I, I, and the funny I thing honestly is, agree with you on who you think it's going to be. Quentin. Yep. I, my, yeah. my theory is either Quentin or, and I don't I don't like this answer, but I feel like there's reasons it could happen. Diggle. I That's think that very was too good. obvious, yes. though. Okay, I, I, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. But I now, like the next episode. to Mr. Terrific. You know what's funny? Because he's got that. His. I thought it was a helmet, but then I saw some other shots, and I'm like, it's not even a helmet, it's like a face mask. But like that, he's got like a T-visor. Which I think is and a little more... And the fair play yeah. jacket. The fair play jacket. I mean, I so we just, we just need to put these things together. I think, this, so the new episode coming has uh, in the trailer the grave scene. But I don't think people are realizing, yes, Felicity is quote-unquote half dead. But we're still three months. Season one, the episode one... Said six months, uh, yeah. Six months later, so I don't think, I think unless they they push the episode to the future, which I don't think they will, because they try to do these in kind of sort of real time. They generally. yeah, they trying to do it in real time, but that's I mean that's the only clue we have is that the grave scene is supposed to be six months from the first episode. Right. With that being said, we're only three months, so. So the grave scene, that's going to be, what, like March-ish? Which puts us about halfway through the second half of the season? Yes, because he's, cause you because uh, I think at the end of the first episode, he's like, now it's my responsibility, I gotta kill him. So I think that leaves the rest of the season to really finish out that story. It gives it a chance to finish out, fill out the story. Personally, but we'll I see. hope it's Laurel. I hope she just dies. I just hope it's Laurel. I know it can't be. I'm not, not that it can't be, but I hope it's Laurel. Hope Man, it's... you just straight up hate I cannot Laurel. stand that character. I cannot stand that character. She has definitely Anyways, not had the best writing in one I know we got started on this tangent. Uh, the, my main reason why I said uh, Titans is now um, canceled, there's a lot of characters now open. I would love to see like a Dick Grayson Nightwing Come to Arrow. Now, granted, you got to understand. The reason I'm saying that, the reason I'm saying that is, first of all, Dick Grayson's face. Sorry. Caleb's making a face. I think Caleb and I are thinking the same thing. But um, I'm going to stop you right there. And, and of course, because of the way I'm looking at it, it could apply to what you want. I would much rather see him more on Flash. Now, that that I can agree with. Because more of him and Wally West. Or maybe he'll be the same age as. But I mean, okay. they'll still cross. I mean, yeah, no, obviously that's would, a, that's would, a thing. I would. Much I, I can dig that. So I mean, like, what would like having him? But, on but, air, what what would that accomplish? Who, let, who let's put it this way: to in the, the way universe? the way they've been writing these shows and a lot of the characters that they brought. Have you noticed the characters that they tend to bring tend to fit the tones of those shows? Dick Grayson's more of a, a crime detective type. Arrow is written to be generally. He is. No, no, but apart from that, you got to remember, Arrow's meant to be more of a crime drama type of show in a sense. Okay, now I have to stop you. No, not literally a CSI detective. So, I don't know. No, no, no. He's trying to look at it like. From the content of the show, the tone of the show, along with how the characters generally are. I see what you're trying to say. Well, but so we're looking. Well, but I feel like. I don't know. I, I think I would push back a little because there's the tone of the show and then there's like the, I guess you'd say, the skill set or content of the show. So, tone of the show 
Arrow is kind of the darker, grittier show. Content-wise, it tends to be a little more detective work, although they both really kind of have detective work. So, well, so well, you yeah. could say both of them do detective stuff. So that Dick part, Grayson yeah. does detective stuff. Now, Dick Grayson doesn't have powers, so with the way that the CW people tend to think, that would probably push him towards uh, the Arrow show. But tone-wise, he's he would... I mean, he, he would have to be... If, if he's on Arrow, he needs to be a total wisecracker. He needs to be, like, basically Cisco. Well, not exactly like Cisco, but I love Cisco. But he needs to be kind of bringing that level of just not serious. That's why I feel like he would be much better fit on Flash. Because he would fit Cisco, more naturally. He and Cisco would just have that back and forth. And then if he's already Nightwing, and Cisco known to have, you know, the whole... Oh yeah, I saw it in the cover book somewhere with the Batman and the Flash symbol. He'd be like, "Oh, I think I've seen this suit before." Except it was blue, not red. You know, the the dark yeah. Nightwing and blue versus. Although it would be, it would be like there would be so many opportunities for the back and forth, and like, I mean, they could. I mean, what? Sorry, Barry and Dick already have. Well, it's more Wally. It's more Wally. It's, Wally. it's more Wally. It's Wally. It's more Wally. So they would have that. I don't want to say camaraderie, but like they would definitely have that back and forth. Brotherly. Well, and, and you gotta, brother. on, at the same time, I, yeah. that's true, but they haven't okay. established the Wally character yet. Yeah, well, well, I'm just saying, and at this point, it's not even like he has to be full on brought into the show. It could just be like Wally West is all of a sudden in jitters or whatever. Then he runs to his guys like, "Hey, my name's Dick, by the way," or whatever. Just kind of like introduce. I mean, him, we I, did I, get I, the brief glimpse okay. of Jordan. In Arrow, so I mean it's yeah. possible. And one of the promos for uh, Legends of Tomorrow has—is it Savage saying it or is it? Uh, it's Rip, Rip Hunter. Hunter I see Man of Steel Pond. fall and Dark Knights. It's die. I've seen Dark Knights fall and Men of Steel die. Yes, which was um. So we obviously that's just like, to let oh, us hey, know they exist. This sounds like a more fun version of Batman v Superman. Anyway, um, that's 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 a whole range <laughs> episode right there. Uh, anyway, but no, I made a joke about how the guy playing Rip Hunter was the character Rory. Uh, I, I think his actual last name in the show is Williams, but he was a character in Doctor Who, and so I keep joking that he just stole the spare TARDIS. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. Because it's, it's the same actor. He just grows a beard and then he runs around in a long coat. I'm like, oh, look, he learned from the doctor. You have a snappy coat and you have a time travel machine. <laughs> but, um, oh, well. yeah, I don't know. One thing I do like, I, I think I like tagged you and Caleb when I saw it a few weeks ago. Something Somebody was doing an interview with the guy who plays Wally in Flash. You know, obviously we only get a very brief glimpse. Oh, yeah, I did. End, I but did. he straight up said, he's like, yeah, if they aren't, like, putting me in the suit after a little while in the show, I'm just gonna, like, buy my own or make my own and walk on set and walk around in it until they get the hint. I'm like, <laughs> this man, this man is the right choice to play Wally West. <laughs> right here. I do remember seeing that. That was a very funny interview. and very It was actually very entertaining. Uh, he was definitely thrilled. Um, you, you could tell he, he loved it from the fan perspective. And, and he's taking that, that enjoyment of it with him on the show. So he's really putting, it sounds like he's really putting his heart into it, you know, to make sure that he, it's what he wants to see, not just for himself, but for everybody else that's watching the show. So I, I do appreciate that. I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't remember the actor. 
actor's name. I remember Barry's actor. Grant Gustin. Yeah, Grant Gustin, and I don't remember any. So Tom Cavanaugh. Oh, yeah. Danielle Pennebaker. um, Carlos Ramon. uh, Carlos Valdez. is it Valdez? It is Valdez. Yeah, Valdez. I think he's right. Um, is yeah. he the one who does that uh, Cisco's Diary Tumblr? Because there's that or thoughts from Cisco, or whatever. The it's on like the Flash Facebook page. It's a it's a Tumblr page. It's basically like a weekly diary from Cisco, and it kind of like touches so. on stuff that. I mean, I I feel like there's at least a strong chance because it really feels like it hits Cisco's voice, and I feel like that actor probably gets at least a little input on the lines because of the he feels natural delivering them so i mean then it probably I, is for any not super serious line in the shows if if you're asking oh is that your favorite line and i say yes it was probably cisco saying it <laughs> i'm um, just like bam there uh, you go. one of the greatest he's just a dick it's so great just yeah. two of those characters interacting. It's so great. Uh, I like in uh, Vixen, uh, so the little animated six yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I still need to sit down. Oh, uh, it was so that. funny. He really actually quick, he wa- he had like one or two scenes in there, and he's like, uh, they they hadn't even actually met uh, Vixen. They hadn't actually met Maria yet, and he's like, uh, we have a metahuman alert in Detroit. I'm going to call her Vixen. Why? Because she's a fox? Yeah! Check out that hotness! Oh, my, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we still get she's that right. She's actually... That, the person, the gal who did the voice acting for that is going She's on going to Arrows. Yeah, she, she's going... She's going to live-action uh, act the character. She, if they're not changing the actress from the web... From the, the web animation series, yeah. to the live action. That's there we go. Yeah. That, and that, I like Which that. I they they cool. picked that within mind. So their their whole plan was, and correct me if I'm wrong, their plan was that they wanted to do... <laughs> that was the... I don't know what their plan was. I just remember reading okay. and taking over. Well, okay. So. so what I had heard and what I had read was the plan is that they were going to do this Vixen series animated to kind of create some a little bit of buzz of it, with it. Then they were going to implement her a little bit. Uh, okay. Live action wise, if she was well received, there was the possibility of having a Vixen live animated uh, live action show down the road. If that not, cool. if she's not well received, they would they would keep her, but they would just go back to the animated stuff and then and just maybe keep have her. her cameo in a few episodes. And she would there. cameo. She wouldn't necessarily be a big deal, I mean, but she is there. There are worse possibilities. I mean, she's Which got I think three shows at this point. She could show up in. That's probably one of the I, best I, ways I, to I, handle that. I would prefer Vixen and Supergirl because that show is still getting canceled. You know, I, I've enjoyed the show so far. It's not perfect, but I've enjoyed it. I'm I'm not gonna press you to to like yeah. it. <laughs> that show is still getting canceled. Season three, guaranteed, getting canceled. And if it doesn't, good for you. I, I just don't think that show is gonna last long. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see it. It did get people's choice people's choice for whatever that's that, worth I mean yeah. you know I mean people do people's vote choice, so. mm-hmm. isn't that pretty much just a participation award yeah no <laughs> no, I mean, no, 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 no they like they literally this year gave out uh, 
most deserving award because they've never won a People's Choice Award. Like, pe like people, the people, yes, it was ridiculous. I was what? listening. You were be, listening. I wouldn't be offended. You were the listening, and I was you know, watching. I remember watching the video, and Caleb was listening, and he goes, did they just give him one because he's never won one, so they think he needs one, so they're just handing it to him? Was it Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio? No. 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 Oh. Oh. What there? Oh. Sorry, Leo. <laughs> okay, best joke at, at his expense I've seen so far. So he just had that movie, The Revenant. I haven't seen it yet, but I've some people I've – a few people who have seen it that I've heard talking about it say it's really good. I've been, it's been getting a lot of buzz. Um, is it out yet? Yeah, it, it actually came out technically last year because it was like, yeah, late December it came out, but it is out right now. Oh, I'm um, gonna go use so, the ticket website. No. But uh, so you know, one of the things that happens in this movie is DiCaprio fights a bear. I don't think that's really a spoiler, especially because this is, is based on a true story. Yeah, it's in the trailer. I think it's, it's in, in the, the trailer. trailer. There's a bear. So the joke is that, you know, it's there's a screen cap of that, and then there's a screen cap of a bear holding an Oscar. <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, oh, hilarious. Sad, but hilarious. A poor Leo. The, and the other How one has that, he never won one? He just, I think he just keeps having the ears where he's up for it. There's somebody else that, quote unquote, deserves it more. Wow. I, I, would, have, I would have to track through. I don't know. That was phenomenal. I, I think was that's like, why it's kind of been this sad running joke for so long. The other one that was really good that was that I saw was uh, Steve Harvey announcing, and the Oscar for Best Actor goes I to just Leonardo saw, DiCaprio. Uh, I just saw. Oh, <laughs> right. oh that's no. a double no. burn. I just, burn. I just saw. Uh, I saw Steve yeah. Harvey meme today. A meme today, and it's and it goes. Guess who's announcing the Powerball today? And I'm like. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? This is gonna be all my numbers. Oh. Steve's man. Anyway, let's move on to John's notes. Or we're gonna be here for four years. Yeah, we're probably already gonna be here a while. Okay. And I'll, I'll try to kind of skim nah, on unless you guys want to dive in. But it's the first episode of the year. Ain't no skimming over anything. Ain't no skimming. Okay, so one of the things we kind of talked about, like I don't know how much in the podcast, but out of the podcasts, and I kind of t uh, bounced off Goddard, and he said he was actually really interested. Was uh, uh, anyone who knows me and knows my nerd interest knows that one of the things I really enjoy playing is RPGs, specifically what are called tabletop RPGs. So, um, you know, and I'll, I'll get into some more specific comparisons later, but for, you know, listeners who maybe are like, well, I play video games, but I'm not really familiar with that. It, basically, it's like if you took a game like Mass Effect or Dragon Age, and instead of one person being the player character, multiple people were... And you had like some pieces of paper that had that tracked your stats, and you you use physical dice to determine you know the hit you know do you hit how bad do you hit etc. Basically, the RNG is kind of literally in your hands. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still random because you're rolling a dice instead of saying, well, I hit this guy and do X amount of damage. Um, but so it's it's been around. I want to say, let's see, 70s, so like, uh, I think he wants the notes. I thought you were going in the water. Yeah. All right. Because uh, I bring notes, because I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> um, but uh, it's been around since like the 70s, so we're talking 40-something years now. Um, you know, like, probably the big one everyone will recognize the name of is Dungeons & Dragons, Satan's Game. Okay. that's that's a joke from a video uh, 
I'll I'll have to try to like link it on the, the page or something. It's yeah. It's a hilarious parody of like you know because there was a scare back in the like eighties that it was Satan's game and da 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 da. Or you can watch one of the episodes of Community on Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Or <laughs> yes. Two, two yes. <laughs> yeah. I I haven't seen those yet. I want to watch through Community at some point. That's uh, one of the reasons uh, please, why. Please so do. Much. Um, because I've heard that it handles that much better than say Big Bang Theory. Um, but. I mean, so, like, D&D is, like, the big one. But, I mean, really, we've got RPGs that cover basically any genre. Um, and they can be as complicated or as simple as you want, by and large. Um, and, like, to me, like, for to get, like, I guess, high concept, you know, not hoity-toity, but, you know, like, I guess to serious it up a notch a bit, you know, I feel like they, they really help with, like, your imagination and, you know, Creativity, the good socialization, re- relaxation, etc. I mean, like half the reason I enjoy doing it is because I get together with a bunch of friends and we sit around for several hours. And yeah, we play the game, but we also eat food and snacks and joke and talk about movies and whatnot. So I mean, it's you know, it's 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 it is as much about the experience as it is anything else. I mean, oh, so you mean guys to play video games don't sit in their mom's basement all day with no contact and no social life and no sun? You do shocking. Yeah, I know, right? It's, I mean, yeah, I know. It's every time I hear someone was like, "Oh, so you don't have a life," I'm like, "Oh, you should get one." Well, and see, to my response to that would be like, you know, people make fun of people for playing, say, D and D. I'm like, well, do you play fantasy football? Oh yeah, okay, it's the same thing. But no, it's the same thing, except more so because you're doing it every single day and you're tracking stuff even more uh, obsessively than D and D players do. You know, I mean, it's Ooh, that's a good like literally, on. like literally, well, not literally, but the best joke I've heard about <laughs> it is fantasy football is D&D for the guys who used to beat people up for playing D&D. And it's like, oh. I mean, it is. It really is because it's all about stats and numbers and tracking and building a team that's super efficient and everything. I mean, you know, it, it's pretty much what it does. So, I mean, and, you know, one of the things I was kind of touched on here is like kind of like any sort of game so board game video game mobile game whatever it has pros it has cons uh pros or you know i feel like it's really flexible um you know i mean some video games you can build a character pretty broad you know uh well not pretty broadly uh, how do i say it? you you can build to a concept with varying degrees of ease but i feel like at least some tabletop rpgs give you even more freedom um, it kind of depends on what you want it, what your idea is and what game you're picking. I mean, that's, that's where it can get kind of confusing. And so it's always good to have somebody who maybe has a little more familiarity with the field to do okay. it. Okay. Um, but you know, it's, you know, like I said, you know, it's a social experience by default, you know? Yeah. You, you can't really, you can't play just straight up D and D by yourself. There's a few derivative, derivative, board games that you could and i mean that can be fun for like you know if you're like stuck in your house because of a snowstorm or something or just you know you kill a couple hours on a week week night or something it could be fun but i don't think it's ever me personally i don't think it's ever going to be as fun as getting together with the friends and doing it yeah um we may have to do that one day and one thing i think i talked about this uh like the last episode i was on when we were talking about uh, it, it kind of evolved out of our discussion of like side questing and is there too much side quest ability and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I talked about how like a game master can organically adapt to 
player decisions better than a computer. You know, yeah. I mean, that's not a knock on like the game developers, but there's just when things a, are set in stone, there, there's better on the fly adaptability. I mean, you know, you still maybe have like I guess you could say an overarching story or script, but because there's an actual thinking person sitting there, they can say, okay, well, if you're going to do it that way, then we'll do this. You know, I think the best game masters are the ones who try to leave things open, you know, unless all the players are invested in, okay, no, we want to complete this plot to, you know, go through the story. But if you're going for a more open world approach, a good game master is somebody who makes sure to accommodate that. Yeah. Um, Real quick, before you go on. No, um, go ahead. We're um, dubbing... Um, I, we've kind of been dabbling with this idea, and I think we're just going to officially announce it. Um, so, we're creating a new show, and this is this segment is going to... The new show is going to spin out of the segment. It's going to be even more about games. So, even more about games is going to be more video-based. I'm going to be streaming a lot more. Guys are going to be streaming a lot more. Uh, more in-depth conversations about video games. So, that little spat I had about um, Square, Square Enix. Enix. Prepare for an entire show. Oh, just me no. going in on Square oh, Enix. No. I hope it's videoed. Um, probably. Um, this might be a thing. It's probably gonna be, uh, me a lot in front of a webcam going in, um, while you, playing games. My have no god uh, Yeah. So we have. I mean, so just um, the new segment is called "Even More About Games." It will be part of "Even More About Nothing." Um, the new show coming soon. Um, we are gonna stream under the banner "Even More About Nothing." Um, we'll. We'll let you know more. I'm going to be doing my Arrow and Flash and the other show after shows. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> I'm going to be out of the room so he can talk all about it once in a while. Anyway, so Timothy yeah. Timothy will be with me, right? 2016, yeah. we're going to have two new shows. <laughs> even more about TV and even more about video games. Or even okay. more about games. So what now, anyone who doesn't know about video games as much, this is going to be a great section because like, there are things in here that uh, not only apply to board games, um, but also apply to video games to some degree. Now, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Without further ado, we present even more about video games. John, please continue. No, yeah, that was. I think that was a good, good segue. And you know, we may. I mean, if you are open to it, we may use even more about games to talk about more than just video games. Yeah, I'm 100 percent open to that. So yeah, because I, 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 I think that the people who enjoy these things the most try to do more than just one thing. Like, I guess. I hate to make it sound like well-rounded because that sounds a little derogatory, but I mean, it really is kind of, you know, if you enjoy the whole spectrum, I think you get more enjoyment from any one thing because then you can see what it does well and what it doesn't do well. So it's like, you know, like RPGs, like I was saying, you know, it's more flexible, you know, the GM's more flexible, the players are more flexible because you can sit there and plan around the table, um, you know, it can stretch your brain a little bit in good ways. Uh, it can be kind of... You, setup can take a while because everybody's having to make sure, oh, do I have my sheet? Do I have this? Do I have that? Uh, if you're not organized, that can slow things down. I've experienced it either as the slower or the slow E. Um, it can be hard to coordinate everybody because you're not just like maybe getting a Skype hookup or like, oh, let's all log into, you know, whatever the game is. You know, you're having to actually drive out to a place and say, okay, are we going to have food or what food are we going to have, you know? That's that struggle is real. If if I can use that phrase, that struggle is real. You're allowed um, to use that phrase. I am allowed to use that phrase. Cool. Um, you know, and like later on in the game, as your character gets more powerful, it can get a little overwhelming if you're not super familiar with the system. Um, if you like come in late game, or if like your character dies and you make a new one, it's like 
it, it's uh, isn't it, it's like choice paralysis or something like that. Like you kind of get what I mean. Like there's yeah. so many choices, so many options. It can be almost paralyzing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people. So 2015 was kind of dubbed the year of the gigantic open world RPG. I mean, I think we got six of them. And a oh, lot, yeah, we got a ton. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Fallout, I mean, Fallout, Metal Gear, and Witcher alone were could probably take you. I mean, if you want, like, yeah. it'll probably take me ten years to complete those games to my amen, satisfaction. Amen. I will be playing for those games for the next decade. I kid you not. Those games are huge, and there's a lot to them. But a lot of people didn't touch The Witcher because the main story alone is a hundred plus hours. Not to mention the sixteen freezes of free DLC. Not to mention the DLC that's already 10 plus hours main story not to mention the 30 40 hours extra of side content and this is in yeah. DLC so um having too many options is is a thing yeah it's, I, so many options that you're just doing nothing you know like what you're talking about there with that i mean that to my mind that kind of is the opposite end of the pendulum pendulum swing from like the uh, the Black Ops games like that, where everybody's like, it's only got like a five-hour campaign, and then it's like, there's like a 500-hour campaign. I mean, a lot of people are probably going to want something that's kind of in, in the middle. middle. So, yeah. yeah. Dragon now, Age Inquisition is a great option for you. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, and with these games, you know, it's because they're more flexible in general, because you don't have to go that high, it can help. Um, and it kind of depends on the game you're playing, too. So, like, which kind of segs into... In my mind, there broadly speaking, there's about three kinds of RPGs. There's the class, what I would call class-based games. So some examples of the games, the tabletop RPGs that would fit into this would be like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Pathfinder. Uh, those are both fantasy games. There's um, and then there's a lot of uh, Star. There's been like three or four Star Wars-based games. Yeah. And a lot of those have, like, you know, you pick a class, and the class kind of encapsulates, you know, well, this character, if you're this character class, here are your options for what you're going to be able to do in the game. Here's the stuff you're good at, you know, but you can't do this stuff, etc. So, I mean, that's good and bad kind of all at once, because, I mean, it's easier to say, okay, well, I want to be a dude who beats people up. And it's like, well, okay, so you don't want to be a wizard, you want to be, like, a fighter or a barbarian you know, a scoundrel, whatever. Um, some video, like video games that I thought of just like kind of off the top of my head that would be really similar in that way would be like the Mass Effect series, Dragon Age, uh, World of Warcraft, any of the Star Wars, Nice the Old Republic variant, variant games. Uh, all those, you know, you've got a class, you know, maybe all, all the characters have some stuff that they can boost, but most all the characters are going to have, like, especially Mass Effect 2 and 3, each class has abilities that only it gets. Yeah. And okay. Only it can do. I want you to. That sounds like destiny. Yeah. Well. Or maybe... I mean, yeah. I those so... were the ones that I knew off the top okay, of my yeah. head. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to explain the difference um, between a game like Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons, and a game like Dresden Files. Okay. So yeah, yeah I was. Gonna... I, I I was at a I was at a tabletop convention volunteering for Extra Life Charity, um, and I ended up playing Dresden Files, which was really interesting. But, like, as a brand new tabletop gamer, I was kind of overwhelmed, and they had to be like, I was like, I'm going to summon a dragon. And they're like, that would have taken you ten turns, and you should have started that an hour ago. And I was like, well, oh, I think that's, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, because well, compared to, like, because, like, I, I think there's I've a couple seen, things I've seen that. D&D play, so do you want to, like, get down into, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I would say that kind of goes over to, 
like the Dresden Files game is, I was I kind of had that in my little thing here. Like there's some oh, RPGs. Yeah, no, you're cool. Um, the Dresden Files game is derived from a system called Fate, all caps, F-A-T-E, um, and it's that game has gone through a couple iterations. It's one of the more kind of like abstract systems. So like I've I've seen a sheet for the first iteration of the Dresden Files game. Um, I'm a huge fan of the book series. Um, and that, but I remember that game, it was like, you, I think there's two sides to the sheet, but you keep track of like three big things and it's less of like your strength and your dexterity. It's more like, uh, conceptual stuff. And so there are games out there like that. Those are for people who want to focus more on just like really, really focus on like telling a story and character interactions and stuff. I think what happened with the Dresden Files one is, you know, going in, I mean, without, I mean, are you familiar with the Dresden Files book series? Okay, I know the book series. Uh, my introduction to Dresden Files was the TV show on sci-fi, which the guy who plays Laurel's dad on Arrow is Dresden. Right, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So Fun little that, connection. That's there. why I like that guy. He had yeah. a little more hair on Dresden Files. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I remember seeing the TV show, and I've always meant to read the books, but I always end up playing more video games and reading books. But this year, that's going to change. At some point, let me know. I have the whole series, um, and I can loan them to you. Some of them are signed by the man himself, so you will have to be very careful with them. I will not borrow those. I will go to Barnes & Noble and read them in the li little library. Or yeah. just go to the library. Most yeah. most libraries have them. But, um, so, like, getting kind of a little more, I guess you could say, hyper-focused. Like, summoning a dragon. Like, in Dresden Files, summoning things is a big deal. Dragons are really, like, big deals with a capital B and a capital D. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's not just like, oh, I summon a horse to ride around on. I mean, that's like, you're basically, that's basically, you get its attention and ask it for help and write a contract out and or agree, oh, and you can, like, eat my soul later. I mean, so, yeah, it's it takes a lot of power. It takes a lot of concentration. What's, yeah, it's a it's a big deal. It's, in, in the world, like, dragons are, like, basically forces of nature in Dresden Files, the series. So, I mean, in other series, they're not as big a deal. So, in D&D... &D, it would be a question of, um, like, how high a level your character is. And oh, so okay. if your character is a little higher level, I don't remember if you can summon dragons, but you could turn into a dragon. Uh, or you could summon, like, a, a fire elemental or a giant snake or a, an angel or a demon or whatever. And is that... Um, so I played a wizard, mm -hmm. um, which apparently wizards and judging files are a gray area. Because they're, they're good wizards, there's bad wizards, and then there's a lot of these guys who hang out in the gray area. Well, yeah, and that's a, that's somewhat how, because of how the magic works. Again, that's kind of like a, a setting-specific thing. The, the magic in Dresden Files is like, there's like these big laws, and if you do stuff that goes against the laws, it actually, it affects you on like a psychological level. So, the setting does not encourage a wizard just running around blasting everything with fireballs. Uh, there's a little more consequence than in, say, like... Uh, Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, Skyrim. I was like, I blanked on the name for a second. Like in Skyrim where, yeah, maybe the city guards will go against you, but you can probably just kill the city guards and your character doesn't like have any major shift on anything. Um, I mean, in D&D, it would be more like Skyrim. You know, if you're a high enough level, you can just go around, oh, I can just depopulate the city. The most that happens is basically you have an alignment change. Like are, you go from good to evil. But you don't, like, lose capability. You don't lose control of your character or anything like that. In Dresden Files, because of how the setting does it, you, the person running the game would have a bigger, uh, would have more room to say, 
And that's not a player character anymore. And take the sheet away. Not because they're trying to be mean, but because your character has basically done something that's driven them to a point they're not going to be the same character. So that's, I mean, again, it's, there's a reason for it in the game system because it connects to the game setting. If you're playing the gen more generic Fate, that may not be the case. Like, the Fate game, the cover for the book has, like, a noir detective and a gorilla with cybernetic limbs that's doing, like, a kung fu pose. And, like, so the Fate game, which is still kind of that very more abstract system, is, like, a very generic, broad, you-can-do-anything game. There are game systems out there like that. Pretty much none of them are class-based. Any class-based game I've found is pretty much always going to be specific at least to, like, is it fancy, like D&D or Pathfinder uh, or Star Wars or whatnot. So you've got, like, the class-based games, you've got the really abstract games, and kind of in the middle is the point-by games where you don't have a class, you just you build up your stats and special abilities and skills and whatnot. So some of the tabletop RPGs that fit in that are Mutants and Masterminds, which is a superheroes game, Hmm. Exalted, um, which is uh, it's like Wooks, like Wooksai movies and like Eastern fantasy stuff, like cranked up to eleven or twelve. Okay. So it's like it actually uh, anime. It's also got I would say some pretty heavy anime influences. You know, you power up, you have like you know your character powering up has a really obvious visual manifestation. After a while, you use stupidly oversized weapons. You know, energy attacks. You can like jump over the moon. That sounds like one we have to play. Yeah. Well, the the flip side is it can, it can go some. It's got some weird places it goes, and it can get a little complicated to play. Um, but there are some stuff out there. I can I can hunt down some recommendations. I haven't really played. I've like. I haven't really played like a full campaign or anything of it. Um, okay. GURPS is another one. I haven't really played that one much. That one's like one of the play whatever you want games like it has the tools to play basically anything um group stands for like generic universal i think it's generic universal role-playing system okay. but it's like basically those systems all those systems are you know you basically just say well i want my character to be good at this all you do is you invest points into doing that so it's it's like uh, skyrim or Fallout, or any games like that, you don't really, like, as I understand it in those games, you don't, you maybe pick, like, a race, and that gives you a bonus and a couple of stats, but you can basically build your character however you want. You can make him, I mean, you can make a Khajiit who's, like, a heavy armor warrior if you want. It's not maybe going to play as racial strengths, but, I mean, is there anything that stops you from doing that in Skyrim? Absolutely not. Right, so same thing here. It's, you just, you build what you want. So that's great because you can build what you want. It's bad because you can build what you want. Yeah, I had it's, 13 characters in Skyrim. I beat the game once. Like my well, it's not even that. It's A, it goes back to the choice paralysis. Exactly. That's exactly And what then I mean. B, it's a lot of times for the guy running the game, it can be harder to catch stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not super familiar with Exalted and GURPS, but I've actually played a decent bit of Mutants and Masterminds. Um, on an online forum that I found that runs games in that. And they, I mean, they've got a whole bunch of rules developed. They've got, like, certain powers from the system that they just ban or that they put restrictions on because they found that if you do it, if you don't put the restrictions on, it just goes crazy places. So, I mean, it's, everybody has to be a little more vigilant with those games, but 
they can be fun because they can let you do more. Yeah. Um, That's what so happened I mean, it's Skyrim. I eventually decided to, like, um, I did this with Fallout 2. I, I, before I start a playthrough, I'll sit down, create a character in my head, and I'm like, okay, this is Zar. He's a wizard. He grew up in right. this, this, and this. He does this because of this. So because the character exists in my head, that lim- now limits me, like, oh, man, I found, like, a legendary heavy armor. Zara's a wizard. He only wears robes. Right. So and then I have to find the equivalent of the legendary armor, which is legendary robes. So I was like, it then led me down a more proper life. So if you do find yourself struggling with tabletop or game RPGs, will give you too much choice. Um, setback. Create a character in your head. If you're not already too far with the character, um, yeah, and like Fallout definitely. and Skyrim do a great job of just allowing you to change your mind on the fly. Um, Fallout's a little bit more like skill based, where you pick a skill and it stays there. Skyrim was kind of like. If you are 50 hours into the game and you decide, I want to use a bow, you pick up a bow and use it for 10 hours, you're just, you're going to just power level it. There are masters in the game world that help you level up your, so there are plenty of options for you. So that is a great way I found helps me out. Yeah, so I, I always would, yeah, that's, because even in a class-based system like uh, Pathfinder would be the one that I have probably the most experience with overall, because it's been out for like, I think 10 years now or so. Um I remember, like, all of the drama that happened around that. Um, but uh, even even in a class-based system, there's still so many choices that, yeah, I, I have found that the best way to keep yourself from feeling paralyzed is to have an idea ahead of time of what you want to do. So I think I've mentioned a couple times that I'm playing a character right now who's basically in my, like, in my head I said, you know what, I want to play, want to play Jiraiya. And I decided to focus hmm. on the Jiraiya uses frogs and toads in his fights. And so my character is a class called Summoner that summons things. In particular, he usually runs around with a big, beefy frog buddy who's, like, really awesome in a, you know, straight-up brawl fight. And then he has, like, I'm picking, you know, spells that he knows that are as, as much as possible based on stuff Jiraiya does in the anime. So, like... Swamp of the Underworld and stuff. I'm deriving stuff from that. So he does things that, like, you know, he doesn't spit fire. He does uh, stuff that deals with, like, acid or mud or something like that. You know, he does stuff that's, like, generic boosts. And I, like, kind of theorize it as, you know, letter, you know, he sends out, you know, he slams his hand on the ground and, like, letters crawl out and do this and boost characters or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I would say have an idea beforehand of what you want to play like you don't have to say oh i want x number like not the numbers but like how do i want him to look when he's fighting you know how do i want his hey there's a good segue into the top five for tonight um what (laughs) style what you know what do i want to have this character look like and do and be and i think that would apply for any system whether it's class-based point-based abstract pretty much any video game that gives you much in the way of choices whatever you know like gears of war they already picked for you um you know, your steroid addict who has a gun with a chainsaw on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Fallout, yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, you could just be, I shoot people good, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. Um, I feel like for beginners, um, for each of the, like, types as far as the how you build a character, Pathfinder, Mutants and Masterminds, and Fate are all really good choices for each of those the class-based, point-based, abstract genres. There's lots and lots and lots of resources out there from, like, here's a way to build a character that ends up like this to 
here's advice on how to run a game to maybe there's more products put out there by the companies for like starter adventures or maybe like kind of these games are like halfway between a board game and the RPG that kind of introduce you to the concepts without burying you completely in the minutia of trying to run everything. Um, and I'll have, I'll have a couple of those that I'll touch on in just a second, but um, a couple terms that I throw out sometimes that maybe can get confusing because I know I don't like it when I'm confused by other people throwing terms out. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so um, GM or game master is the guy who's running the story. So it's like, uh, you know, right. We've got a, bunch of guys around a table right now theoretically we would have a scenario perhaps since i'm doing all the explaining i would be the game master i would be the one who's explaining you know the world and kind of trying to describe what you saw and who you interacted with and stuff and then each of the other people would be the player character or the players yeah. and you would only control one person the gm controls basically everybody else yeah. um, um okay real quick go ahead um fable legends and a couple of their games have done things similar Fable Legends is probably the most notable. There's another one. I don't know if it was Shadowrun or Secret World. Secret World did eventually get canceled, though. Um, it was a four... It's five-player game, 4v1. Mm -hmm. um, and one player plays the villain, who mm -hmm. is very, very, very similar to the GM, mm -hmm. um, Game Master. Because every time the player moves, um, the players have a third-person view, while the villain, the GM has an overworld view, right. and they're actually placing creatures and traps, and um, they're doing everything in their power to stop. And this is this is this is not a direct analogy, but it's if you it no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at something similar on the video game side, Fable Legends might be interesting to you. I, it's I don't know what's going on with that game. It's free to play. It's not. It's Xbox exclusive. It's Windows game. No one really knows what's happening with the game. It's <laughs> one of those games they announced four years ago, and everyone's kind of like. This isn't Fable, but... Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great one because that's if you want like a good visual um, representation of what a GM would be doing in a tabletop RPG, go on YouTube, type in Fable Legends, look at some of the villain versus hero roles, and that is actually... Um, that might help you understand it if like some of these terms are kind of... If you don't, if you still don't grasp the concept of a GM. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be a good analogy. I mean, a really, really... <laughs> A really rough analogy would be maybe a GM would be like somebody playing an RTS, whereas the players are the ones playing the uh, yeah. the FPS. You know, I mean that's that's not a hundred percent translation, but yeah, the the GM has to juggle a lot more. Um, but it can be fun because you're the one running it. I don't, I haven't really ever done it because I don't ever feel like I'm quite organized enough or have enough adaptability on the fly. Um, but I can see why it would be fun. Um, so. A, term i don't think i've thrown this one out before but it may hurt encounter is one if you if you guys go looking into stuff and you see encounter and it's especially with more like the fantasy type ones it's basically anytime you have an interaction between the players and an npc a group of npcs the environment something big happening is an encounter it may be a fight it may be uh you have to get past the guards, whether you kill them or lie to them or sweet-talk them or whatever. It doesn't have to be a fight. It often is, but it doesn't have to be. So it's kind of whatever happens. So, um, I'm trying to think, like, anime or... So, like, uh, 
Let's pull arrow. So when okay. the arrow when Team Arrow fights a bunch of goons, that's one encounter. Um, and then the overall season would be to jump to another term. That would be the campaign. So the the show a season okay. of the show would be a campaign. a campaign. One fight is an encounter. So it's like you zoom out. Um, huh. I'm trying to think. Like so, yeah. Like with Naruto, you know, any one arc would probably be a campaign. Um, and then any one fight would be an encounter. It's a lot of campaigns. Yeah, it is a lot of campaigns. <laughs> or it's one really, really, really big campaign. So with a lot of sub-campaigns, yeah. Um, session is, like, basically any one meeting. So, like, a podcast a podcast session would be, like, one podcast recording. So when I, ha- when I talk about having a gaming session, it's any one particular meeting. Yeah, I think that one's kind of... That, one, that one's kind of leaking out there, yeah. but I didn't... I mean, because, like, I go on, like... I probably don't have as much time to do it this much this year as I did last year. Cause, um, I had a 12-hour gaming session once. I did a 24-hour gaming right, session. Right, yeah. I tried to have a 7-hour stream one time, and the entire universe was just like, nope, this is not happening today. You're not doing this. I don't know what happened. I tried. Everything just did not happen. So I'm like, I'm going to play for 24 minutes and call it a day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean. I was trying to stream, you know, you were. Yes, yeah. session, oh, session is more of like, more is even more of a, <laughs> long story behind that one. So yeah, session's more of like a, even more a like kind of meta term. Yeah, it's a play session. It's any one time you get together. Um, stat block is like, I mean, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's basically the all the various game stats for a character. Usually it's more an NPC thing because a lot of the books I've seen, you know, it's basically a, we don't have a camera. I was making a page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's and like for the NPCs, it's usually going to be like a block on the page that doesn't even take the whole page up because they're not going to live very long or they're not important enough to need to fight, whatever. Um, And then like one thing that's I guess it's maybe a little more like Pathfinder specific. I think I've dropped the term a couple times. It's Adventure Path. It's basically it's a campaign. It's a pre-made campaign. Um, It comes in chapters. So I guess. A good analogy would be an adventure path would be the original Naruto run. So not Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, because those are so big. Those would be two APs. But the original Naruto, because you had like the Zubuza arc, so that would be like one book of the adventure path, because there's a bunch of stuff that happens, but it's all kind of its own. That's one segment of the story. And then there's like the uh, Chunin Exams arc. That would be another book path and then there's like the Sasuke retrieval mission and then there's stuff in between and depending on whether you count filler or not there's more or less stuff in between um but so we've like the group that I game with we really like them because the company that puts these out Paizo I mean it it's really gotten to the point it feels like you're in a novel or like in a tv show because they do such a good job of you know because they've got a bunch of material out on their overall world setting. You know, because it's, it's not Earth. It's not like Earth in the Middle Ages or whatever. It's some totally other planet or whatnot. Um, but then these these books will focus on you're in a particular country or particular city. So, example, one that I ran through. Uh, it was called Carrion Crown. was the adventure path title. And each of these is six books. Um, and this one was kind of like... It was kind of like going through a bunch of sort of like horror movie genres. So first we were the Ghostbusters. Um, we like we actually 
almost literally were because we had these little special magic items that you could point at a ghost and had a chance of like sucking the ghost into the bottle. Nice. Um, but it was so it was we ghosts were the enemies, and then we had one that was basically the Frankenstein story because we had a monster that was basically Frankenstein's monster. Um, and then we had, let's see, and then the next one would have been uh, a werewolf movie. Not Twilight. <laughs> one that's actually scary. Um, Shots fired. Shots fired, yes. And then, we let's see, we did werewolves, and then we had, and then we had the vampire movie, of course. Again, not Twilight. <laughs> um, these were more like a, a Dracula movie. Like, the way the game handles them, they're more like Dracula. If they go in sunlight, they, they die. They don't sparkle. Um, okay, I'll stop taking shots for the moment. Um, then we had uh, kind of stop like a... savage for a moment, right? You know, like H.P. Lovecraft, Creature from the Black Lagoon one. Uh, and then the last one was basically a combination of, like, the zombie apocalypse and any of the fantasy movies where there's a big evil wizard. Oh. And so it, like, culminated in a big fight at the top of the tower. The one we're currently in, it's basically, uh, yeah, so there's demons, and they're trying to kill the world, so you need to stop that, guys. Have fun. <laughs> like, it's it's a little more nuanced than that, but that's yeah, like okay. the overarching theme is, there's demons. A whole lot of them. They're going to eat the world, unless you stop them. you got to stop them. Um, but yeah, so I said a few minutes ago, there's some games that are kind of like, not quite... A full-on tabletop RPG, but kind of give you a taste, but are easier to play because they kind of do some of the hard work of, like, the, the math and the character building and whatnot. Um, so there's a couple that, like, in our experience as a group, we found are really good that are new. I almost said they're, they're noob-friendly, but still fun to play, even for people who have experience. Uh, one of them is called Wrath of a Shardalon. And when we put uh, some board game recommendations and stuff on the page... I will make sure that we provide the spelling. Uh, we like to call it the Wrath of the Big Red Nasty Dragon, but that's not the actual name of the game on the box. I think so a Shardalon is the dragon? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, a Shardalon is the name of the Big Red Nasty so Dragon. So a typical like, trope gaming naming is like, verb, comma, creature. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, dragons are named by their color in these games, which also is con a convenient way of telling if they're good or evil. If it's what's called chromatic, so it's just red or white or blue, they're bad. If they're metallic, they're good. Hmm. Nice. Good to know. Yeah. There's maybe occasionally more nuance, but usually it's like, oh, that one's a, a basic color. Kill it. That one's shiny. Don't kill it. Unless you're a bad guy, then you want to kill it. You know, which it is possible to play bad guys. I never really play a bad guy, but um, it is possible. So that's one. Uh, that one has a pretty good pace because you, you're encouraged by the way the game plays to keep moving from room to room. Um, you don't have to really like sit and drop a character. You have all you have cards that tell you, you do this, and it does this. And so it, it helps you just kind of go fairly quickly. It provides a map, and it kind of builds itself as you go along. It's, it's basically the board game equivalent of like a procedurally generated world. Um, you just don't have quite as many options as in a video game. Because the box is not the size of infinity. But it does have like a good 30 or something of these like tiles basically that you lay down. Awesome. And you don't usually lay out more than about oh dozen-ish 
by the time it's done. So either you die or you win the scenario. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so that's one. That one's really self-contained. I think it's pretty easy to pick up. You can play it multiple times. It has multiple scenarios, so you're not playing the exact same thing every time. And because of the randomness of like what critters might pop up, even if you play the same scenario, it might go a little differently. Um, you know, even if you put aside the uh, luck of the dice, it might go a little differently. You know, you could make a different choice about what abilities your character is going to have available. Because I think it has like a bunch of cards that you pick, and you can't pick as many as are available, so you have to make choices. But it's not like a hundred choices per character, so you don't you're not suffering choice paralysis. Um, another one I haven't actually played it, but I've heard really good things about it from several people that I know who have. Uh, it's the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. It's I think it's kind of a deck building ish game. Basically, you play against the game. Both of these games, you're playing against the game. Everybody who's sitting at the table is working together. You are playing against the way the game itself, basically the random draw of enemies and whatnot. So there's none of this, I mean, maybe friendships will get broken, but it's because you made a stupid decision, not because you beat the other guy, or he got Australia. Yeah, there's yeah. reference there. Um, you know, so that one takes a little longer. The adventure card game is basically like, if you want to try to go through some of the adventure paths that the company Paizo has put out, but you're not sure you want to invest in trying to do the full RPG, you would do this, because it does the same arc. It's just a little more of a higher level. Like a, it skims it a little more, but you still get the general story, from what I understand. So it does involve, you know, you buy the base game, and then you buy expansions. So it's not quite Magic the Gathering, but maybe there's slight shades of it. Or um, Le Marvel Legendary, maybe it would be a better... Like well, it's not a perfect, that. not a perfect analogy, but kind of the same thing. There's the base game expansions give you more options, but you're not buying like individual little six card packs. You're buying like a brick of stuff. Yeah, right. Which we have legendary. Yeah, we yeah. do. Okay, so yeah, I've played I, I legendary a little bit. I like DC deck building. But yeah, so it's it. I think it's kind of in that same vein. And I haven't actually sat down and played the adventure card game myself, but I, it's it comes highly recommended from multiple people I trust on this sort of thing. And then there are starter kits for Pathfinder or D&D and stuff where it's basically, uh, you know, like, are you interested in playing the game? You pick it up, and it kind of walks you through just a very low-level character. You just kind of go, and you have a couple of encounters that you go through, and it walks you through, and then it says, if you want to know more, go buy these books and spend money at a gaming store. Yeah. Actually, that's a good spot to do it. Um... Good places to go to find this stuff, and then gaming stores you trust. I like Game Cafe. Um, there's also now is that a video gaming place? Yeah. Okay. Like it's actually a tabletop gaming place. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Game Cafe and The Geekery are two tabletop gaming places that I know they have play spaces and they have games to check out and buy. Okay. Um, so my like I guess I only have one recommendation there, but it's a really big recommendation. It's a tabletop game and hobby. Go ahead. It's not an ad. I know it sounds like an ad. It's not an ad. It's not an it's ad. I have not been... It's, it's a, a plug. We're not... None of us have been paid for this. We wish. Um, we, we maybe kind of wish, but for me, it's been brought to you I by. like the um, tabletop game and hobby. It's... I like it because it has, like, RPG stuff, but it has 
all sorts of board games. I mean, it has everything from, like, Monopoly and Scrabble and, like, dozen iterations thereof to, like, these really obscure, like, the... It has, like, Settlers of Catan and any stuff that's like that. It has Marvel Legendary. It has uh, stuff like games like Seven Wonders, Alhambra. I mean, there's just all sorts. Yeah, Goddard has found the site. We will we will link the site. Um, they're they're over on Metcalf Avenue right now. They're at Metcalf in like a hundred and fifth. Fifth. They're moving at the end of the month. They're uh, such as it is grand opening in the new location, which is right by the Micro Center on Metcalf. Wait. It's on February first. Um, they're moving to a new location with more room. So they have a retail space and they have a gaming space. The gaming space, they have kind of designated nights because they host a lot of stuff with like the war gaming games. I don't really have experience with those, so I can't speak heavily to them. Uh, those are the ones where you spend hundreds of dollars on the miniatures and build armies and fight. And they have tables for that. And they will have, you know, one night will be like Warhammer. One night will be War Machine, you know, various things. They'll have a board game night. Uh, they typically have a little bit of space reserved in the gaming area for people who are, like, building and painting miniatures. Um, the staff is really knowledgeable. Um, they have a decent number of people who will do commissions on painted miniatures. Because you can buy gaming miniatures that are pre-painted, or you can buy ones that you or somebody else paints. Our, our group prefers the latter, because you get more awesome-looking stuff that way. Um... And I guess the closest to an ad is that I will say that my gaming group does produce some leather and chainmail dice bags that are sold at Tabletop Game and Hobby. So you guys don't have to feel obligated to buy them, but if you're in the market for <laughs> some new dice bags, Tabletop Game and Hobby has a wide selection and multiple sizes and colors. So these guys caught my eye. I see an article saying bring Fallout to the Tabletop. Oh, yeah, they, they do have, like, kind of a blog thing. Yeah. So is that saying that it should be, or is it saying it's happening? Um, I'm Probably just giving it. I don't think there's a Fallout there. There's, yeah, I know there's a game that's sort of kind of that way. It is, oh, shoot, uh, Gamma World. It's by the same company that makes Dungeons & Dragons. It's called Gamma World. And I think it's one where you don't have to do quite as much work to sit down and do all the hard math for building it sounds a like, character. It sounds like these guys are trying to. Okay, maybe it's a Kickstarter. Or something Looks like, like that. it. Looks um, like it. But yeah, tabletop game and hobby. So the staff is knowledgeable. They can point you in the right direction, whether you're looking for a board game for yourself or a friend. Um, they have, a lot of times they'll have advertisements for groups who are looking, you know, RPG groups who are looking for a new player or two. Um, if you're into that, uh, it is, I mean, I can understand how that could maybe be a little weird because it's like total strangers. There's no like friend of a friend stuff going on. Um, yeah, they do have a, a campaign of t-shirts via Teespring, yeah. although a lot of those campaigns are done with. Um, they're, they have a Facebook page. You can follow their Facebook page. Um, yeah, they're, I have never had a bad experience with that place and they are always eager to help if you have questions they're cool people just kind of hanging out for a while and browsing or like going in the game area and hanging out so yeah they are a, a very solid business so yes that would be my recommendation there both for going and buying stuff and for just like being introduced to geeky gaming type stuff they advertise themselves as uh 
one of your best resources for non-electronic gaming. So they don't ever sell video games. Uh, they don't knock people who do, but they don't sell any video games with any... Like, they sell Uno. Which I is think. hilarious, because I think the spot they're moving into is, is right next, next it's door next to Micro Center, to SoPro, oh. which is the gaming land center out there. Well, I mean, I figure that's, you know... That's the both good, world right there. Yeah, I mean, they each of them is going to focus on something a little different. I have a feeling you're going to do just fine. Um, I don't know, they're going to be fine. But yeah. So, and that's kind of all of my pre-written stuff. Um that was a lot, but it's a big, you know, a big discussion topic. Um, I think I mentioned this a minute ago, but I will try to get a list together for us to get up on the Facebook page on, especially on board games, because that's a little easier to say, oh, this is a fun board game that does this, you know, mm -hmm. and if somebody's curious, they can go out and buy it. Um, and we can have a discussion about, like, recommendations on RPGs and stuff. I'm going to hit some walls of what I've actually played versus just what I've heard. Um Pathfinder is the one I played the most of, followed by Mutants and Masterminds, and then it drops off pretty quickly. Although I do have some interesting stories of playing one of the older versions of Star Wars games that involve an Ewok that ate a character's arm. Oh, Lord. What? They're not yeah. so cute anymore. Oh, my gosh, no. Um, <laughs> well, remember, remember, they were going to cook and eat everybody in Return of the Jedi until C-3PO saved them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm just going to point that out. Yeah, do the I mean, Luke, yeah, but you, you get what I mean. Until they had the C-3PO as God scenario. They yeah, were going to have a feast. You're right. You are right. And there's a lot of empty Stormtrooper helmets at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably don't want to eat the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was maybe a little morbid. So, uh... I know Caleb's asked a few questions. Uh, do you guys have questions? Did I completely bore you to tears? Um, questions I will try to answer. Do you know how to shoot like Ronaldo? Do I know how to what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have said questions about what I just talked about. Uh, you got your answer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll answer broader questions, but I so, guess in particular about kind of what we just went over, you know, RPGs and stuff like that. If you don't, we can move on, but... So there are games for someone like me who's really looking to get started that there's... Because, I mean, when you know, if, if it, it sounds a, convoluted when you really get started yeah, with some of you, these. If you want to just kind of dip your toe in the water, I would say that Wrath of Shardalon game or the Adventure Card game or one of the starter kicks. Pathfinder has a couple. D&D uh, &D has a couple for different versions. So... Any any one of those is really good. It's a good kind of just dip your toes in and decide, do you really like it? Um, She's so, a wrath of Chardonnay. A-S... It's on the paper. Yeah. I don't have the paper in front of me because you have Now you have the paper. It's that well, I, I, I got it. Um, so that's a... That's it? Yes, that, that is one. There's a couple others from them, but that's the one we both myself and my gaming group would recommend as being more noob-friendly. There's a couple... There's at least one other that's a little more... It's a little vaguer with some of its rules, and it's just not as noob-friendly. It's a little more boring. So this one, we feel like, is a little better pacing and a little more noob-friendly. Um, okay. So, yeah. I may have to take a look and... and maybe top five? Buy. Uh, we want to hit top five... 
if it's okay, I wanted to do the top five from last episode because I yeah. had kind of thought about those myself. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'll, right, I'll you jump off. Do your do your eyes of Sutton and do your top five for this one. And then we'll go. A uh, we'll reminder go for last one was top five swords. Favorite swords. Favorite swords. Yes. So, and I like got super specific about what was and wasn't allowed. You guys got even more specific. Uh, I would have actually allowed keyblades, but hey, you know, you guys wanted to stretch yourself. My whole cool. thing would have pretty much been keyblades for the yeah. most. Well, part. I really and I kind of I did the rule about only ones on Pacto because I'm like otherwise everybody's gonna list them all off because there's enough that you could do that. Um, yeah, but there weren't too many that were like super popular. But and let's be honest, how many of them do we actually remember the name? <laughs> well, you could say, like, so-and-so's are the one that turns into this. I mean... All, all I know is it's on Getsu and Hiyori Maru. That's all I know. Sunblood yeah, Sakura. But, uh... <laughs> so, <laughs> I decided to... I managed to not list any of those, but so, one of them, uh, these are in no particular specific order. Uh, the Sword of the Riven King from the Belgariad by David Eddings. From who? David Eddings. The series is called the Belgariad. I may be mispronouncing that, but the author's name is David Eddings. Okay. B L. Oh wait. B E L G A G A R I A D. Um. So this sword is like gigantic. It's, it's not. I don't. You know, there's no drawings. I always imagine it as about two steps down from like the Buster Sword. Um. So like, okay. Uh. Somebody listed Cloud's seven-part or six-part sword from Advent Children. The sword that's like the core of that, that kind of has the slightly extendo blade, about that size is kind of my mental picture because it's described as being so big that if it didn't have this magic orb stuck in its hilt, it's so heavy the main character can barely stand with it on his back because it's made from, like, meteor iron. But you put the magic orb in there and it's, like, light as a feather for the wielder. Not so much for the guy who gets hit with it. <laughs> so it's literally the best of both worlds. That's not funny. Said magic orb is like a super powerful super weapon as well. But I just, the sword itself is like a gigantic meteor sword. It's kind of like a... a My space A little sword. more western. It's kind of like a older, more western fantasy version of Sokka's space sword, I guess, in that regard. Okay. Yeah, it's like super My hard. My space sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't made by the character who uses it. But it is like an inherited weapon with it. Yeah, it's a big, big sword. It's super heavy, but because of magic, you can usually use it okay. Um, next one is Amarachius, Sword of Love, one of the three Swords of the Cross from the Dresden Files series. So there's these three swords in this series that all have, and this is, a, uh, I wouldn't call it a spoiler at this point. This has been like 20 years that this has been a thing, so... Um, you know, and it, it doesn't, like, completely ruin the plot to know this. But basically, each of these swords has one of the nails from the cross, that cross, <laughs> worked into its hilt. So they're basically, like, super awesome anti-evil weapons. Hmm. Um, this one is, a like, a classic, like, European, you know, broadsword, two-handed sword. Um, it also happens to actually be Excalibur. Oh, the that, Excalibur. Makes that makes sense. Another one of them is a uh, Japanese cane sword katana that is uh, Kusanagi. I think I like that one. 
Yeah. Um, That's a the character name. who who because uh, these swords get passed down from user to user. Um, the character who first shows up with it is really cool. He's kind of basic. He's basically Mr. Miyagi. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's this is like the classic like paladin sword, the classic super super good guy sword. Um, the next one is kind of in the same thing. If you if you notice a trend for the last two swords, this one sticks with it. It's uh, Aragorn's sword Andoril. So it, in the movies, it's the one that gets rebuilt in the movies. I just, I don't know, I really like the movie's look of it. I In general, I like the whole Reforged Sword thing, but the look from the movies is just totally awesome to me. And it's got a cool name and stuff. And it's sort of kind of almost, but not quite Excalibur, really, with the way that Tolkien intended it. Um, next is uh, Zuko's Twin Dao from Avatar. Because it's like two swords, but it's one sword. And it's like kind of that awesome place where it's yeah. both really functional looking, like it doesn't have a lot of extra tassels and jewels and whatnot, but it's also still kind of cool and, dare I say, beautiful. You know, I mean, it's got that simple elegance going on, and just, I always liked how he would use it, you know, I mean, he'd be flowing from two swords, and he could put it into one sword, you know, I just, I don't know, I thought it was just one of the cooler concepts. I, I don't know if that's a real that. sword, yeah, but really, yeah, yeah, my affinity that. for dual swords, like, been yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you in some regards. So I I really like dual wielding whenever I see it in any medium. Yeah, <laughs> like dual wielding. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is going for the game here, you know, video games. Uh, Ashbringer from World of Warcraft, also a gigantic sword. And this yeah, probably the biggest sword in the game. Uh, one of the biggest ones. Yeah, okay. I mean, it depends on like some of the model. Some of them are longer, but that one's the blade is like three feet wide at one end. And it basically burns at least undead to ashes. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. It's, what, what, what is the purpose of having a sword? When you go ahead? into a dungeon that's full of undead, it helps a lot. Yeah. It helps a lot. Well, and I mean, it, in the story of the game, it was made to help them fight, well, lots of undead. And I think it, like, actually burns any evil stuff. So undead, demons, all that. I know it does, but yeah. And the thing is, like, the one thing I did see um, is, like, you basically make sure your tank has that sword and if you're going into a dungeon that has undead you put him in the front and he yeah. slices everything and then you kind of walk through yeah yeah it's i mean stupid amount in of in the lore it's a one-of-a-kind artifact in the game like eventually you, anybody can get it um, <laughs> hundred hours of gameplay but yeah it's it's just this big awesome ba looking sword and hmm. it's got a cool name ashbringer Kind of like Yam, a little bit like Yamato's sword of Yam. Fire with flames. Although I don't think it shoots fire. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh man, Yamamoto don't play no games. That actually loaded my mixtape. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Okay, so now do we want to drop? Yeah, let's into go into this ahead. week's top five. Yes. So this week's top five is top five favorite fighting styles. And so. I kind of warned the podcast about this one beforehand because I knew it would probably take a little thinking. Um, basically, the only rules are it really kind of needs to be a style. So this guy punches stuff a lot. Like, just wild flailing doesn't necessarily count. And I shoot him in the face doesn't. So Punisher might not count as a fighting style. Um, what about one punch man? I, I did think about that. I feel like he might count. I haven't really seen enough of it, but I get the sense that he actually has at least a little bit of 
martial arts training and style to it, even though, like, his strength is such that he usually defeats a foe in one blow. It's not just like a, ooh, ooh. We don't have a we don't have a video, so you can't see. But I was basically just flailing, flailing my arms wildly in front of myself. That's not really a style. That's just <laughs> flailing. Yeah. But like, so One Punch Man, and again, I haven't watched the series yet. Although I think at some point I'm going to try to. Um, he seems to at least have some style to it. So yeah. it doesn't need to be like you don't need to be able to name their style. It could just be the way so and so fights. Um, but. Uh, so, like, my number five example, jumping off of what Caleb and I just said a minute ago, Captain Koryako from Bleach, his just twin, twin sword style, like, just how, I think I talked about before, he's, like, a, he's clearly ambidextrous, because he hops his sword between his hands, he can fight every which way, and it goes from, like, being silly to being, like, hyper-efficient and deadly. I just, you know... It looks cool when it's completely sealed. It looks cool when it's the two, like, Falchion-style blades. It just looks cool. Um, the next one is from Naruto, uh, the Frog Kata. So when Naruto's in Sage Mode, and he has that fighting style, like, it is, like, an actual style. Like, you can kind of see some stuff going on there when he has Sage Mode on. Um, it's a, it seems to be kind of like a very strength, offensive-based style. Whether he's throwing stuff, like that one giant summon, he like grabs it and throws it over his head. Or he's, you know, it's a lot of punches. Like, there's not... I don't think... Did he kick with that? I don't know if he kicked with it. I he probably could have. I don't remember. I remember him doing a lot of punches. And of course, because of Sage Mode, even a near miss is a hit. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I thought it was kind of cool looking how it was just... It felt like it was actually kind of rooted in real life martial arts, but... In real life, missing doesn't help. But in <laughs> in this you're case, it man, because unless you're it man, you miss one, you hit a hundred. So yeah, well, yeah, unless you're it. So if you're not it man or Naruto, <laughs> um, the next one is uh, gun kata. So this is why I said it's not about whether it shoots something from range; it's about whether it's style. Gun kata from Equilibrium and Ultraviolet, uh, more so to me the former. Um, some of that's my Christian Bale fanboyism leaking out uh i can neither confirm nor deny having a man crush on christian bale but um but so pretty much everybody who uses it they use like two automatic pistols uh but the whole style is like this really stylized regimented it's you predict statistics in a gunfight and basically you don't get hit with gunfire you're not actually super fast but you dodge you know where to put yourself so that you're you end up dodging bullets, and meanwhile you're like moving the guns around and hitting everybody with like one or two shots and they're down kind of thing. Kind of like know. wanted. Hmm. Kind of like wanted. Uh, I don't know if I've seen wanted, but I maybe um you don't like actually. I know that curving wanted, bullet stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's no curving Aww. bullets. It's just you're just really really good at knowing where to point your gun and put yourself so that you don't get hit and they do get hit. Um, So it's, yeah, it's like a more stylized version of that. Like, so like you see the characters doing a lot of like kind of crouching down and moving and stuff. Uh, There's a scene early in the movie where uh, Christian Bale's character busts in a door, the lights are off and it's just only lit by automatic gunfire. Yeah. Yeah. That's gun cut. Wait, equalizer? No. Equilibrium. 
Oh, I'm thinking of Den- one, I'm thinking of Denzel's is, is movie the Equal the Equalizer. Is that the one with Okay, is Equilibrium the one with Christian Bale in it? Or is, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the one where they got rid of like any sort of art yeah. in the world. Yeah, there's no art, no emotion. I saw like the first it. three minutes of that and I was like, I gotta watch this. Yeah. Never I've got it on DVD. Um I think it's on somewhere. Home. Watch it tonight. Yeah, it's probably yeah. It's it's a pretty fun little movie. Um but yeah, so it's like, you know, super stylized nice. gunfighting basically. But it also has the touch of they're trained in pistol whipping. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's a thing that you that people improvise with, but their guns are actually designed for it. They have little pop out spikes in the handles Ooh. for when they pistol whip people. Yes. And he does that in the movie. It's awesome. Uh, next is Brutal. Yeah, it is. Um, next is basically earthbending and kind of like all the derivatives from Avatar the Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. So oh, yes. uh, maybe slight spoiler here, you know, you get earth bending and then there's metal bending and then later on we see lava bending. Yeah, all of them. Like so I liked good. all the bending, but I, I was like, you know, if I learned one it would probably be earth bending. Because it's like that strong but, defense offense. That's true. But I think it was one of those things that I think they they did it well. Like it was like oh, yeah. you obviously you had to learn earth bending, but then it was like you fell in, in I think if you worked at it hard enough, you fell into one of the two categories. And the cool thing was I think it was like there was a yeah, most because people had the ability for one or the other. One or and, the other. So you up. could do a sab and I, I enjoyed that that it wasn't like just anybody could do metal bending and lava bending. But you had to The fall. Avatar probably could. Well, the, the yeah, the, Av- the Avatar's the Avatar, but you know. Yeah, and it's actually based on a real martial art, uh, Chinese hungar. Uh, yeah, I knew, I didn't know the name of it, but I, I had heard I it looked was... it up before. <laughs> so okay, that'd be why. That's, well, yeah, I wanted to get the names right. I didn't want to be like, the thing that does the thing. Um, do the thing, Julie. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's Julie. so funny. Yeah, I've thing? seen through season three of Korra, so... Um, and then the last one is basically I it's how Batman fights in Christopher Nolan's movies. Uh, I mean Batman in general, but specifically that. Um, I really like how it's kind of like that hyper efficient. Whether you're fighting one guy or like twenty, and he just kind of he just mows through them. It's based on an actual fighting uh, style called the Casey fighting method. They had the guys who made that style come in for the movie. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I really liked that iteration of Batman's fighting style. Okay. Because like all the like elbow and forearm strikes and stuff. And it's like, he doesn't look awkward fighting one guy, fighting five guys, fighting ten guys, whatever. Like he drop. I mean, Batman begins. He drops in the middle of a group of guys wielding guns, walks out, not a scratch on him. They're all on the ground. I mean, yeah, he's Batman, but... It, you know, you can see what's happening in that fight, and it's, well, he's he's being Batman and beating them to the ground. Yeah. So, that's my top five favorite fighting styles. Okay. Uh, Matthew, you want to go? Sure, I'll go. So, uh, just, uh, it, this is definitely a good one to uh, pick, and it was kind of hard for me to decide uh, what my favorite fighting style. So, I kind of basically went through different animes and stuff and see, like, what fighting styles do I like? Like, what ways do I like seeing characters fight? Yeah, um, no, that's, that was pretty much what I intended. Yeah. And like I said, if, if it doesn't have a name, if it's just the way X character fights, that's really cool. 
So, and actually, I'm gonna cheat here a little bit, so I'm just gonna add, have, like, a, like a sixth submission that was, like, super close, and it's super wild card. Honorable <laughs> mention? Yeah, honorable mention, guys. Yeah, I had a couple honorable mentions. I might throw those in at the end. But. Yeah, but, and it's actually not a person. It is, uh, Trico from Pokemon. Okay. If any, I'm surprised you didn't pick somebody like. Uh, no, no, hold on, hold on. I know there's lots of good ones, but I picked Trico for a very specific reason. If you guys are familiar with Trico, he is the grass starter Pokemon for the Hoenn region, the and pretty much I just like. The fact that even like his later evolutions, like grow more so Grovile than Sceptile, but they're just so like so lax when they fight. And at a point, it was pretty much just like, look, Ash, I know you're my trainer, but at the same time, if we're gonna do this, we're doing this my way. Like <laughs> he was he was low key just a grass chill version of Charizard. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I liked about Trico and just how he was. And also he was OG at them bullet seeds. So yeah. Anyways, that was honorable mention for me. Uh, number five, um, I really did like Dick Grayson Robin, more so in Young Justice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I yeah. just really liked uh, his whole, not only like the fact that he trained under Batman and how he's good at martial arts, he doesn't have superpowers like Wally West or Superboy, but he is very technically gifted and he's all about that hand-to-hand -hand combat. And also he likes to throw in those little punch lines like... Definitely feeling the aster now. If anyone's ever watched Young Justice, so uh, very well, yeah, very well at the moment, very well. Fantastic uh, dialogue. Yes. <laughs> Coming in at number four is actually uh, someone that I stumbled upon recently while finding said new animes and mangas that I've been reading, and it's actually the name of the manga is called Girl of the Wilds, which if you're not familiar with it, it is about uh, high school that is so into like mixed martial arts and they just have tournaments where they're all fight. So my submission for number four, her name is Queen because she is the queen of boxing. And so pretty much you get in the ring with her. You, you already know you're going to lose, but her favorite move is like, if I look like I'm back to a corner or if I want to win it quick, I just do a high kick to the temple because it's a straight KO. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, yes. No, What's the name of that again? Uh, Girl of the Wilds. Is that an anime? anime? And well, it's, a, it's actually a webtoon. I don't know if it's actually animated for television, but it's actually a webtoon. Cool. Look that up. Kind of like Ruby? Yeah. Like that. Okay. Oh, I have seen that before. Yeah, it's really I've good. Is it? Yeah. I've read the first few chapters, and then I kind of fell it's, off a little bit. Yeah, then... so pretty much synopsis of it follows... A guy, I believe they pronounce his name Jagu or something like that. He's pretty much a kid who's been bullied all of his life. Where he transferred to this all-female school, so now it's officially coed with one male. <laughs> and he pretty they much been doing a lot of anime yeah, like that lately. I know it's weird, but and they he's pretty much forced to enter the Wilds Invitational, which is a big fighting tournament with neighboring schools, and he doesn't know how to fight one bit. So he gets these three S-class uh, seniors, so like these three older girls who are all following him around for some reason, and he learns to fight in a month, and then he just progresses from there. So, is yeah. that just, like, a standard anime thing where, like, the highest level is S-class? Yeah, I think it's a unless Japanese it's, Unless thing. it's Dragon Ball Z, then it's... Well, I mean... I think it's, I think it's a Japanese thing, because even in Metal Gear, like, the best ranking you can get a mission is S-plus. 
Okay, yeah. I just I've noticed Naruto. That, it's like S S S, like S S S plus. Yeah, S. Yeah, like yeah. Naruto, and yeah, it's like S rank. I'm like, maybe it's because of their album. Anyway, sorry. So, I was just, good, I'm like yeah. S class. I'm like that is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that was my number four, Queen from Girl of the Wild. Uh, nice. Number three. Yamamoto Takashi from Hitman Reborn. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. If you guys aren't familiar with Hitman Reborn, it's pretty much a kid from Japan becoming the 10th uh, mafia boss for a particular family. And his, I believe he's the guardian of the rain. Uh, Yamamoto Takashi, he's all about using his sword. He actually has um, a wooden katana. If he swings it fast enough, it turns into an actual, it's actually actual sword. But the wooden coating is just like some sort of magic to it. So if he swings it fast enough, it turns into an actual sword, and like he knocks people out with it. And like he's super lax initially, and then all of a sudden he like once he gets into that competitive mode, because he's he's the captain of the baseball team, and so like once he gets into it, he's just like, dude, I'm knocking this guy out. <laughs> and so he, with the flick of the wrist, he swings the sword and straight KOs somebody, and then he becomes the best swordsman in the future. But that's that's if you actually know him, Harry Born, and you've kept up with. So yeah, Yamamoto Takashi. Anyways, number two, and I tried for my list to keep it very uh, not mainstream because there's so many good ones from so many of the big name anime and mangas. Um, but this is this is my top two are actually some of the bigger ones. Number two, Roronoa Zoro. Yee! That's on my from list too. One yeah. Piece. Let's be honest. Good. Let's be <laughs> honest. That that three sword style, even though in the first half of the series he always broke his swords yeah. <laughs> he was always breaking them like I haven't actually watched any any one piece other than maybe a few clips but he's like the character I'm like that guy that, that guy is awesome yeah I want him on my team <laughs> oh yeah I want him on my team yeah and the fact that he's Luffy's number two just speaks for himself as first mate um I mean he's pretty much always up for a fight that's the kind of guy you want in your Who's like, dude, I know you don't get into trouble, but when I'm in trouble, I need someone who's always got my back and always willing to fight. And so that would be Zoro. Then, that would then lead us to number one, the guy who's always waiting to throw down. He's low-key the guy that's always scheming, even though he's a good guy. Facts. PA from Yu Yu Hakusho. Facts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I almost put him. I I think the last few top tens he, he, he somehow made on my list. I actually kept him out because then people would like, like yeah. man, get off his nuts. <laughs> nah, not like that. Not like that. Yeah. Gross, yeah. Not like that <laughs> well, it's, yeah, he ate from Yu Yu Hakusho. I mean, um, and actually, I've been trying to rewatch Yu Yu Hakusho for the past several weeks. I just, it's not on Hulu, it's not on Netflix. Come on, guys, you're slacking. Anyways, besides we can that. We check Country Rule. I doubt it, but we can check. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I mean, it's, it's he ate for Pete's sake. I mean, he has his third demon eye. He has, what is it, the darkness dragon or whatever uh, the dark, the, yeah, yeah darkness dragon yep. which eventually he's just not able to control and i'm for the, like the second season on to the third season. i don't know if eventually he gets a grasp he on it gets, but, he does and he uses the use of his arm for a while there too yeah and it's just like all it stays bandaged <laughs> like i was just i was just watching a video clip earlier today of when he was in during the second season when he was fighting yusuke when he was gonna go save korbar because he got kidnapped can can we please notice the fact that Kurobara looks like Blake Griffin? Wait, 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 wait. I'm just not thinking of this. When Hiei has his hand wrapped up, 
Does anybody notice like Sasuke looks similar when he first learns Chidori? Yeah. I, how am I just not picking up on this? They have the same blue like cut off shirt. The well, same he, like he, spiky he, he blue hair. He has more black. But... Yeah, you get the. I mean, okay. the shirt's more black. Not he's actually black. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. All right, all right. But you know, either way. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. PA. I got two honorable mentions actually. Uh, Roni Kenshin. Ooh, yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. And uh, then Nigel Uno from Codename Kids Next Door. Yo. Oh! He's definitely up there. All right. Sorry, number five from Mucha Lucha, The Flea. Oh! <laughs> yes! Yes! The Flea, bro. Yes! <laughs> I almost did a uh, mass dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, then coming at number four, Rock Lee with this Taiju too. Yeah, I just love this guy. Dang it, yeah. I need to remove that off my list now. <laughs> I mean, you don't got to remove it. I got Zoro next at number three. So <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. But yeah, Rock Lee at number four, and then of course Zoro at number three. He has to be on the list because that three sword style. And he's at three, so. Yeah. Hey, you Unless see what he I did? I didn't, again. Do, I didn't do that. I just saw it too, yeah. so, you know. <laughs> All right, and then number two, Shaolin Showdown. You know how they hold do on, that their on, combo on. move? Wait, is there like, are you talking as a whole or is there like one specific thing? If I'm picking one, I'm going with Grey Mundo every Ray time. Grey Mundo every, every time. time. <laughs> right. But I do like their combo moves that they had. Yeah. And, but just like, just in general, the four of them. So I couldn't really hey, y'all remember Jermaine, though? Jermaine, the Jermaine! One, the one yeah. black guy that went on to the show. It happened to be Omi's friend. Yeah. Of all people, Omi had a friend and we're like, what? All right. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's number two. The number one from Hunter Hunter, the Zoldek family. They're like assassin style of fighting. Mm-hmm. Is how they yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh. Huh? I'm not very far in the series yet. So oh oh my goodness. You're going to see the dad well, season three. Okay. Yeah. They're yeah. about to fight the family. Oh man, Zodiac. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. It's lit. It's lit. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my top five. Mine's a little bit more of a struggle. Uh, because I like martial arts based. Like, probably martial arts is like, like every year it changes. Like, my two favorite things to watch are like buddy cops or cop shows and martial arts based movies, damn it. Um, but I start off with Zuko. But it's Zuko when he is the. When he's finally Fire Lord? No, when he's the Blue Spirit. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's oh, like nice cause when he, well, like when he first makes the move to become the blue spirit, because he doesn't use fire bending. It's when he uses the sword, and he goes to a small village, and these earthbenders are terrorizing these people, and he decimates them. Decimates them with very. I mean, it's very, and it's kind of indicative of his mind state. He's just kind of like, I'm not going to attack. I'm going to defend. And when I catch you out of position, like one to two strikes, and it's over. It's so, it's just so, it's so efficient. It's yeah. so efficient. He wastes no time. It's like, ip, in, close, boom, boom, boom. Good night. See you tomorrow. Um, I had a hard time. I decided to keep this in. You might argue with me. But Mugen um, from Samurai Shampoo. Uh, I was actually considering putting him on my list. The reason I kept it, I mean, a lot of people might not consider a fighting style because he doesn't even know what it's like. They call it, um... Um, they argue, it's like, you fight like a chicken. You have no coordination. But he's actually, it's like, if you watch him, he's actually very calculating. Like, he makes moves that are brash, but, like, you can tell um, he's always prepared for a counterattack. Because even if, like, he takes wide, and I mean 
gigantic white swings with his sword, but he always has either his sword in his position to block the incoming attack, or he swings his foot around and is able to deflect the incoming attack. My One of my favorite moves is he comes in, takes a slide, um, but the enemy's sliding, so he actually bends almost, like, almost limbo, like, in, like, halfway, puts his foot up to stop himself, does a backflip, and, like, ah, it's, it's, it's graceful to watch. It's really, really good. Um, I've not watched a bunch of that show, but I think I've seen clips from it, and I've watched one or two episodes. He has those, like, sandals that have, like, steel on the yeah. inside, don't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he would totally count as a style. Like, I remember from what I've seen, it looks like he kind of mixes, like, real world, he, like, the drunken, yeah. drunken kung fu, and then, uh, it's Capioria, I think is how it said, the Brazilian yeah. martial yeah, art. Yeah, that has, actually, Capoeira. that's exactly, uh, yeah, what they were, so it's I think, like, trying to it's go for. like, yeah, so... He's like the two of those, so yeah, that's totally a style. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I mean, that was like one of the first animes that I watched, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this for the rest of my life. And I rewatch it every, once every year. Like it's on Hulu, it's one season. I sit there, watch it. Really, really good. Um, this is where it gets hard. This is where it gets hard. I mean, just because he is who he is, I have to pick Kakashi. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just because yes. he's a man of a thousand jutsus, and like he always, except when he gets killed twice. He always seems to have a way out of every situation. Spoiler alert for those who have not finished Naruto. <laughs> Come on, it's months, people. I have, which, be by the way, it's going to be another year before they finish the anime. Yeah, I finished Because they're actually, right. there's two giant fillers that they're adding in. The Itachi one and oh. then the... Oh, that's oh, right. right. Because originally, oh, the Itachi one was supposed to be... It was supposed to be... It's, bo- it's based on the light novel. And they were originally going to do it as a like a separate series, and then they realized, and there's some like confusion on the 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 anime list that they put out for for the show, and they're like, oh, we're not going to do it as a separate anime. We're just going to slide it right into uh, the show. So they're extending it. Not, not like to mention, a- not to mention the big bad at the very end that they're fighting, whatever her name is. They're supposed to have a filler arc before the fight. Oh my It gosh. sounds like so they're like sounds like they're dragging this out. They are dragging it. And the fact already knows it's over, though. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they've already put out a movie that's set, like, after the ending. Yeah. I mean... Which, and, but now, and then uh, the new one's gonna be Boruto manga, but it's a monthly, so we just hope the monthly isn't just 20 pages. Make it a true monthly and give us, like, 40. Please. That's all I ask for. Yeah. Now, <laughs> nah, this is where it gets hard. Um... Hundred Eyes from Marco Polo. So, if you haven't seen Marco Polo, it's a Netflix exclusive. And Hundred Eyes is a Chinese monk of some sort. And um, he gets captured by Genghis Khan and has his eyes basically plucked out by a black rattlesnake. (laughs) But, um... Two of my least favorite things combined into one. Exactly. I, I, I physically could not watch that scene. I, I heard this, like, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. There's a 30-minute special. Um, yeah, there's a 30-minute so special. Is this, is this live action or This animated? is live action. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh even worse. Exactly. No, like, just say, yeah, you can close your eyes and plug your ears during that scene. But if you want to just get a taste of how one, like how amazing 100 Eyes is, um, he gets captured. I don't want to spoil it, but... Alright, spoiler cast, whatever. Uh, I want to watch it. I'm, I'm not talking about him, so you can see. He gets captured, and they blindfold him, and all there, I think there's about five guards in there, and they all have live swords, and he has his hands. 
All you hear is boom, 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 and next scene, he's just running down the, he's just running down the road, just, just trucking. Um, in the main, in the main show, Marco Polo, Hundred Eyes is kind of like that great white sage, like great wise sage. He's um very knowledgeable and very things like things about spiritual and like relationships. But don't sleep on him; he will kill you without blinding an eye. Um, he trains lots of people. He trains Genghis Khan's army. He's just a very, very he's very proficient in multiple forms of martial arts. He's He's just really good at everything he does. He's really just a solid martial arts master. And then, just because it is what it is, I have to pick drunken, yeah, drunken master. Um, I had a hard time choosing between the original drunken master and Jack Chan's drunken master. Uh, I think I have to go with the original from like 68. And yeah, yeah, it's a rough film to watch, but like, even back then, the Kung Fu was hilarious. Because there's a scene where he, I, I mean, like, in, in in the Jackie Chan version, he just drinks sake wherever he finds. The drunken master that I remember, this guy walked around with a giant gourd. Never spilled a drop. Never spilled a drop. And there's one thing I think he's like, he's fighting and he's falling, and then he's falling, and he's falling, starts drinking, and just stops. Like, just on his tiptoes, he stops. He's like sleeping and drinking at the same time while defending himself with one foot. It's phenomenal. Drunken Master is probably like one of my favorite like martial arts anything in the world. It's hilarious. Go check it out. I kind of sense a theme with your whole set. A lot of like, they all sound like they're about like efficiency of fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I honorable mention, um, Kirito, the Zulzors, and he's like cut a bullet in half twice. So, oh, that's right. In the yeah, which season uh, he does that? Both. Sword Art. Uh, Sword Art. Sword Art Online. He gotcha. cuts a bullet in half in the first season, then he does it again in Sword Art Online 2. Yeah, so, I mean, Kirito just, he's just, he's a, the show's a little bit too greedy. Well, it's like, it never really stays in the action for me, and I, I understand why they do it. It's more about, like, relationships and things like that. So, I but found out the first half of each season is actually canon, and then the second half of each season of 1 and 2 is actually filler. Or something along those lines. That would make a lot of sense. That's that, what, that sense. is so 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 that that's why that's sense. why there's always a sh- sudden shift in every in the yeah, two seasons. Yeah, I mean because it's like real world. It's like real world and the, game world, and then yeah. they bounce back, and then all of a sudden it's just like boom, we're back in the real world, and then it becomes all relationshipy, and I'm like, what happened? Yeah, because your okay. first season was so good, I'm I'm holding out. Yeah, I remember we were watching the first season, and then and the then second it's like a shift, it's like. Like I'm struggling, and then and then I'm like, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna stick with you because the first half was just amazing, oh, and then man. the second half roll, uh, the, the second season rolls. Ah, right, we back, we back to where we were. This is actually real right, good. I like this. <laughs> then the, and then we chop again. I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, that's a good sum up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I talked to somebody who's actually like into the lore of sword art and. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now, yeah. I mean, yeah, Kirito I have to get honorable mention to. And of course, just because it is what it is, Neo from the Matrix. Okay, that's fair. Or, um, he knows Kung Fu. He knows Kung Fu. Um, actually, if anyone, I, everyone should have seen this by now, it's super old, but it's super okay. Um, watch Animatrix and watch Morpheus learn Kung Fu. That is fantastic. Hmm, Okay. All right. 
Brian. Mine are not in any particular order, so I have uh, Gentle Fist, so the Hugh gets fighting style. Ooh, ah, nice. I was thinking about putting Edgy. Yeah, no, my, that's an honorable just measure for all me. All of theirs in general. Oh, it's so good. Really good. It's so good. It's impressive, even from the original season. Like just watching Neji fight the first time, it was. Oh, that Naruto Neji fight. Well, that and even oh, yeah. against Hinata, it's like okay. That's oh yes, that w- impressive, <laughs> brutal but impressive. <laughs> I I had bending in general, but if I had to get specific, like from Avatar, uh, I'd pick air bending, especially when I watched uh, in season three of Legend of Korra, Tenzin fights here. Yeah. Oh, oh snap! Yeah. Oh snap! Yeah. yeah. I just I just watched that recently, and I was just like. Yes, thank you. That was yes. the first real fight I got to see him in, and it's like, okay, I can see Tenzin why you're a He does not. He plays no games. Uh, he, he doesn't trust Spider-Man, and he plays no games. He doesn't trust Spider-Man. Voice actor joke. Voice actor oh! Joke. Okay, um, um, You'll have to explain that to me later, but... Uh, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and explain it now. The guy who does the voice for t- the character Tenzin in The Legend of Korra plays uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Mm, it's one of his least yelly roles, really, but it's the same way. It's, uh, really? I think it's J.K. Simmons. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't, I, wouldn't, that. I wouldn't see that. But yeah, that's, that's you're like, oh, it is! You're like, And then you, when somebody tells you that, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I hear it now. Because yeah, he's not like he's not like anymore. pounding the table and yelling about, I need pictures of Spider-Man! He's a menace! <laughs> <laughs> now I have to go back and watch it just to hear that voice. There you go. And that stash, though. Yeah. Uh, my third one was also Batman's fighting style, but specifically for me, it's more than the Arkham video games. Okay. So just that, I always love just getting huge combos and seeing like how helpless the regular guys are. <laughs> <laughs> Those games are pretty awesome. You can't defend yourself. Especially next <laughs> Especially mixing in all his gadgets, it's like oh yeah, with all the, they can't really do anything if you're if you know what you're doing. I like going in with a smoke bomb and <laughs> on easy. Kicking those guys in jaws. Ooh. Uh, my fourth one was Luffy's fighting style. Yes, it's Sorry. pretty awesome, especially later on, like after the time skip. Don't say much because what he's learned from. Uh, I'm gonna say it's year training, so. year six. Yeah. <laughs> oh snap! Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, he actually turned it there. Right? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah, Plot twist. <laughs> it's I like that one because it's awesome and it's it can be funny sometimes too because yeah, with these, he's a comical character. character. Yeah, as well as One Piece where they have eccentric kind of powers because they really have fruits. It's like things you don't expect. They can be anything useless. Chop chop like, fruit, like seriously, like yeah, mm, right. like the human human fruit. Like, what good is that gonna do if a human eats it? Like, gonna be extra <laughs> well, human? Like, what? <laughs> like, well, what? if you're extra human, clearly that means you're Captain America. I I I have no idea if that's what it does. Well, but. <laughs> well technically, Sengoku's fruit's a human human fruit. It's the model Buddha. But no, I'm talking about Chopper though. Oh, for Chopper, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know what that would have done for a normal person. Yeah. You just lose your ability to swim. 
for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want to swim, eat the human It's a world story. There's no way you'd be more human. <laughs> Alright, I'll let you finish. Uh, and then my last one is Zoros, so. Very nice. That's a good list. That's a lot of Zoros. Honorable mention to Saitama from, I really wanted to put him at number one, but like Drunken Master is just so good. Like Saitama is, watch One Punch Man. Because oh, okay. There's a lot of, Saitama is the main character in One Punch Man. There is a, there, there is actually significantly more to his fighting style than, specifically his fight with Genos. Watch that. If you just watch a clip typing One Punch Man versus Genos, Genos, watch that. It's phenomenal. It's really good. And the art, the art Yeah, well, and I was saying amazing. earlier, I wasn't going to say, oh, not One Punch Man. Because I, just from what little bits I'd seen, I'm like, yeah, this guy isn't just literally walk up and do like a terribly choreographed punch. Like, there's there's more to it than that. So, yeah, I was talking more like a drunken bar brawl or something. It's yeah. A literal Yeah, I mean, that's why I had to leave off um, on Ghost in the Shell. As much as I love Ghost in the Shell, it's pretty much twirls and shooting. And there's no accuracy. The whole place gets shot. So up. it's pretty much a show for stormtroopers. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Seven million shots. <laughs> Two people die. Why? 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 So it's like the opposite end of the spectrum from Equilibrium's gun. Yeah, I mean, 1,700 shots. One person dies. The bar is full of people. One person dies. 75,000 shots. Horrible. Horrible. But Ghost in the Shell is a fun anime, so. Alright. Any honorable mentions? Uh... I didn't think about mine too much ahead of time. I waited Black Lake Sanji. I do like his fighting style a lot, but I didn't want to fill the whole list. With yeah, with one video. Honestly, oh, I yeah. Think of myself, I thought about that. I was like, wow. nah, let's not wow. be petty. Wow. <laughs> White beard. Hold on. Oh. If, if anyone deserves honorable mention, it's uh, Bapo from Lost. <laughs> yes! Yeah! <laughs> I have no clue what's going on. I didn't catch. The polar Bapo is oh, his uh, first mate. <laughs> I've only seen him fight like once. He doesn't really fight. He like does like a front flip and kick somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Even more about One Piece coming soon. <laughs> Even yeah. more about One Piece whenever Caleb finally catches, catches up. up, which may never happen. Probably so not. we'll be doing a lot of episodes without him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be. Why it's even more about One Piece and not even more about nothing. <laughs> so that Caleb still gets to be on the podcast somewhere. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to go sit on the couch. These are in no particular order. Uh, but these were some, uh, and, and I was trying to, I think I, I did similar to what Matthew did, not so much, you know, not too many of them were like super mainstream, but. Um, but uh, one of them, we'll just get this one out of the way. Rock Lee, so it's Taijutsu. That was on my list. Um, Kenshin's style with his reverse blade, because I know you said that was an honorable mention. Karapia, her, uh, his... Uh, Karapika. Yeah. The, the chains, the, the ability to use a chain. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. from Hunter Hunter. Those, and he uh, fights uh, uh, Eleven um, from the Phantom uh, Beast. Whatever his name is. I just watched it was yesterday. For n- Golly, it was... Oh, he hasn't seen it yet, though. Yeah. yeah. He, he, actually he, Chairman was almost on my list. He, he, I thought about it. I thought about it. But I, I think... Like, there's certain things about it that I But the, the conjuring of the chains and the way and his mentality that the way he wanted to use it just, like, it intrigued me so much and that's why he made the list. Uh, 
Kenichi from History's Strongest Disciple ah. Kenichi. Because he learns... Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to ever see I've, the series. I've or read anything. a little bit of the manga. So, the basically, he has like seven masters and they all master different types of style of martial arts. So, ta- uh, no, um, taekwondo, uh, boxing. Uh, he has like so six masters, six different martial arts styles. Right. And he learns all of them. And so, of course, he goes through and he ends up creating his own kind of style from each of what his masters have taught him. And eventually, you know, he, he's become, he's becoming the world's strongest disciple. But so the he's co- becoming Batman, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, the cool thing is that he's just a kid. So the, 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 the guy or the grandpa who's like the head of all these other masters, he's like, his nickname is like Superman. I think I remember that. He's like absurdly He's absurdly strong. But he likes his, uh, this guy likes his granddaughter. So he fought, and, uh, and the granddaughter, like they were walking home from school, the granddaughter saves him. And then he's like, oh, well, I like this girl. And he follows her and then he ends up getting caught. He's like, well, if you want to date my granddaughter, you have to one day beat me. And he's like, well, that will never happen. <laughs> but they they tricked him into signing and becoming their disciple. They literally lied to him. Yeah, I think I got to like about that far. I, I don't remember all the details. But, but is that, it's, it's very good. Uh, it's, it's, an a sh- anime it's an anime. And a, and it's a, and a, both. I started watching it. The anime is uh, it's, uh, History's Strongest Disciple, Kenichi. Uh, 50 episodes. It's 50 episodes, but the manga runs for like 500 chapters. Crunchyroll, so it's Funimation. I believe it should Funimation. be Funimation. I believe it's Funimation. Right, I'll get on the PlayStation and check it out. Um, it's, it's, it's actually really good, and he's uncoordinated, so he's got to learn literally from scratch. That's Unathletic. Cool. I like that. Unathletic. If you can't tell, that might be my favorite hero because he, you know, starts from... He literally he starts from bottom. bottom. Okay. And then Kazuma. Kaze no Stigma. Oh, clutch! Kaze no stick. Yes. Uh, right. So you've got. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched an anime so fast. Yeah. Oh, person with two weeks. <laughs> no, Bro, two days. Night. Because remember, we had an anime night. Yeah. We found it that night. Yeah. We watched more than half of it that night, yeah. and then finished it the, the next morning. Nice. Actually, no, we finished it after church. Yeah, we did. It was like twenty-five episodes. Okay. Oh, that's. Okay. Are they half hour episodes or like yeah, 20 minutes, whatever? Yeah. But we went through. Someone needs to work on that season two. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. They, so yeah, what, what's his, like, I'm not So, okay. His, so like, you've got different, of? so different families have different contracts to different demons. So they have the ability of using elements. Okay. But uh, Kazuma is a part of the family that is supposed to be, uh, have contract with like a Wait, fire, fire. Uh, fire demon. I thought it was wind. Fire. No, no, because fire. he because he, he doesn't want to be a part of the family. Oh, so he, okay. It's not or, that he doesn't want to be part of the family. It's because when he was young, there was a trial, and he had the he was not able to use fire at all. Oh, that's so right. So then he was kind of shunned. He left, and then he made his own contract with, with the wind with the wind king or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. And then he ends up doing. Uh, he's pretty much a mercenary, and he just pr- goes around doing jobs. And then he was a myth. To his family, and then he blew into town, and they're just like, "Yeah, we're we're looking for this guy." And he, it's like he came into town or something. He's like, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's like martial arts, but he also has basically air control. 
Yeah. And, okay. and it's more or less how he's the ability to use the wind to fight. So, you know. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. it, it's, I mean, similar to that of, like, you know, maybe an aura, you know, aura type battle or bending or something like yeah, that. Yeah, my mind's kind of the bending. Bending, yeah. Okay, cool. So, those are my five. Alright, and I guess my honorable mention would be the uh, the lightsaber fighting styles from more so from like the Star Wars EU extended universe. You kind of see it coming through in like episode two and three, like with how Dooku has kind of almost the fencing style and Yoda jumps around a lot and whatnot. Um, And then like, you know, Kenobi's... Like, if you notice, Kenobi fights really defensively in Episode 3, oh. whereas Anakin is really aggressive. aggressive. And that's actually, those are actually, like, uh, lightsaber styles. Like, the Jedi have, like, s- these, there's six that are widely taught, and then there's a seventh one that's, like, not widely taught because it's really aggressive. Uh, that's the one that Mace Windu knows, because Mace Windu is awesome. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Samuel but- Jackson. <laughs> Thank you, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, but it's like it's like uh, form one is kind of like a basic classic like I don't know broadsword ish fighting style. It's really good at like one on one duels, but it's not as good at fighting like multiple people with lightsabers. Form two is what Dooku uses. It's like a fencing style, and it's really good at any sort of sword fight, one people, multiple people. Kind of bad against blasters. Uh, form three is Kenobi's. It's like super defensive. But obviously the weakness would be that it's super defensive. So, you know, you can, like, never be touched, but you run the danger of wearing out. Uh, form 4 is Yoda's. It's the it's about movement. Um, just move all over the battlefield, and that's how you, you beat the guy, is that you outmaneuver him, basically. That was the one that Qui-Gon knew. Um, and so... That's supposed to be why he lost, even though he was supposedly one of the best Je- no, uh, he, Jedi. He, he lost because he didn't have the hilt on his lightsaber. Well, <laughs> no, like that fight in I, I, Phantom I, Menace, I, I, he's I, like I, he's got no room to maneuver. It's yeah. all like narrow bridges. There's no he can't like move up and down terrain anything. Whereas you know when Yoda's fighting Dooku, he's got all that space he can fight in. He's got elevation. So that's why he does so well. Like, if, if that fight had happened on just, like, a walkway like Qui-Gon fought on, Yoda would quite possibly have lost. Because he wouldn't have been able to use his I strength. I wish they kept Darth Maul around a little longer. Yeah. Outside of, like, the CGI series, you mean? I think he shows up in the... I don't know. I just like Darth Maul. Yeah. He, he was pretty cool. Shows up, dies immediately. <laughs> shows up, kills a Jedi. Only dies person immediately. to successfully kill Liam Neeson. Um, Um, let's see that was four five is Anakin's it's like kind of just a more it's like power style so like two is kind of aggressive but it's like precision fencing this is more like I have a big sword and I'm going to chop you in half (laughs) six is it's basically the I don't sword fight much style (laughs) it's they call it like the diplomat style it's supposed to be a mix of all the others but it's just kind of as effective. Uh, supposedly, a lot of the Jedi who died in Episode 2 were the ones who knew that style. That's why they died. <laughs> that is exactly the point. That is why they died, because they weren't actually that good at fighting. Uh, and then 7 is basically like you fight at hyperspeed. Like, that's re- like the big hallmark of Form 7 is that you fight really, really fast. It's a lot of fast strikes. 
Yeah, that doesn't. Com- yeah, it and it's he always fight. He always for some reason. I don't like. He must have some real training because he always like does this move where he brings his lightsaber and defends the like. One of these days he's gonna do that move and put a hole in his back, but you know he's already dead. Yeah, he probably has a point. Burns, he, he burns on, on the window. window. No Un- unless, <laughs> well, so, okay. So funny little side note from that, you know. There, there's a fan theory going around that Uh-oh, Finn is uh, Mace Windu's grandson. Did I not? I said that okay. the first week. And, and so then apparently what happened is at one event, Samuel L. Jackson came up to uh, John Boyega and they were talking. He's like, he walks to him and says, you're my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's great. I was like, okay. Um, but yeah. And I mean, there's like a whole bunch of like, really specialized styles. Like, there's one style that's, like, centered around turning your lightsaber on and off. Really? Yeah. Is that uh, EU? Yeah, That at that point, we're definitely in the EU. The, again, like, the the numbered styles kind of show up in the, the movies. You know, they're not... The novelizations of the movies actually do... Like, the novelization of Episode 3 is fantastic. And it, it's... The action scenes are way better because it actually goes into the thought process behind, you know, the fighting stuff being used. Um, but yeah, there's one like that. There's one that's like using telekinesis a lot. Uh, you kind of see the Sith one when, uh, Palpatine fights in episode three, cause it's a lot of taunting and laughing and throwing stuff around and force lightning. The one time he actually fights in the entire series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. there's one that's specifically about dual wielding. That was always kind of one of my favorites, especially uh, what's because. What's her name again? Shark T? Nah. Ahsoka. Not Ahsoka. The, the bad version of Ahsoka. Oh, uh, Ventress? Ventress. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really so, nice, that one, I always liked that one. I played a Jedi once in a tabletop RPG. I played a dual-wielding Jedi. If I, if so, I, if I play any sort of, if I have an option, I'm dual-wielding all the time. So, yeah. dual-wielding Jedi. Yeah. Very fun. Ahsoka's also one of, like, the best characters in Disney Infinity, if you don't know. Her moveset is cool. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and she showed up in Rebels, too, and her... Her swords look so like I haven't watched the series, but I've seen pictures. Like I mean, her sword hilts look like katana hilts. I'm trying to find rebels. I need to find like we got we got rebels something in Walmart. All right, I'm going to Walmart. I'm going to Walmart. Wait, they're still open. I'm going to Walmart. They are always. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was kind of like my honorable mention. But I couldn't pick one style. Like I felt like even picking the dual willing style was cheating because it was really. I would pick like the dual willing style and the defensive style. And the aggressive style. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like that was cheating. But um, So yeah, that was my honorable mention. The only other thing I've got is my fun Batman fact. So we can do that before or after money to blow. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it now. Okay, so it's kind of a little bit another history lesson. Uh, Batman's Utility Belt premiered in Detective Comics number 29. Two issues after he showed up. Uh, so it yeah. actually showed up before he got his uh, gloves that had the little... The scallops, the time things on the side. He has the utility belt before he has those. Um, which I didn't know until I did that little bit of research. Um, Interesting. But that its credit goes to a guy called Gardner Fox, who was the first writer besides Bill Finger, talked about him, uh, to work on the, you know, on the comic, on the character with Bob Kane. Um, he's also the guy who thought up the Batarangs, which showed up in issue 31. So... He thought up the utility belt, and then he thought up one of the most popular things to pull from them, pull from it. So, fun Batman fact. Cool. cool. We we need some sort of theme song for you for that. Anyway, 
We'll we'll talk about that later. Section. I'm tired. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna buy Star Wars Rebels. I might even buy it on the PlayStation. Oh what? <laughs> money and love. You want the physical? Yeah, money and both. Call me what you want, but you can't call me broke. Money. Pull up with that chopper and a telescope. Rah! Um, who wants to get started? I guess I'll go. Oh, hold, on, hold on, first of all, you gotta explain to me what money and love is. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's a segment where we talk about what we spent our money on the past week or so. Hold on, hold on. First of all, let's talk about this ridiculous Powerball right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys won the lottery right now, what would be the first thing you would buy? Uh, Aston Martin Vanquish, a Lamborghini Gallardo, and a yacht. The Powerball stands at one point four billion dollars right now. Is it up to one point four billion? Because no one like one point one something billion. One point four billion this morning. Last time I checked, it was like one point three, but yeah, this morning I was at the gas station. I was like, it was like, I was like nine hundred ninety nine million. I was like, yeah, it's actually one point four billion. I was like, we just can't fit that on the screen. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So whoever hits that, like. You are ready for life. You are just... I mean, even when you account for the fact that taxes will take half of it, you're ready for life. See, we have this. You get a non-profit organization to pull it hey, out. Sh- you don't, you don't say it out loud. Hey. I say, yeah, all right. We, yeah, you pull all your money out and roll up some. You get the taxes taken in half. You do that. We've got plans. <laughs> all right, so okay. Shall we give it a shot? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, well... <laughs> that happened. Nice little. Uh, let segue. me see. What if I bought bought Wendy's today? Long story short, being at the Wendy's in Harrisonville was a bit of an adventure. I'm never going back to Harrisonville again. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got this little story down. Can I? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. All right. So pretty much, uh, I go to order my food, and this chick's like, that's working the register, just staring at me, kind of smiling. And her name. Oh no 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 no! We walk in, and she starts smiling immediately. Takes one look at Tim, lights up like a Christmas tree. Black teeth and eyeballs. That's all you oh, tell. first of all, let me let me tell you, that's the first time I've seen a girl look like that when Tim walks in the room. Anyway, get to the fun part of the story. All right, so I. I tell her, I want to set up a Baconator. She's like, all right, uh, name, give her my name and all that. Uh, then I go get my drink. I come back, and then she hands me her food. She's like, you almost lost your spot in line. And I almost, almost like, you would have lost your job. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, so it's all right. And kind of an awkward encounter. Happens to me every once in a while. She was hitting on him. Yeah. She was hitting on him. I was ready. Go ahead, t- go ahead and tell him their name. Tell, tell her what a name do tag said. Do we really want to do that? No. Nah, well, that's not her real name, though. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not be scandalous like that. Anyway, right. moving on. Sliding right out of the But yeah, I brought, uh, and I've been buying quick trips. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, McGriddles from McDonald's, too. Oh, that's yeah. So much fun. The rule is no food. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I'm buying. Well, that's fine. That's, that's fine. That's, that's why people are allowed to pass. Yeah. At this point, oh. it's just like, we just say whatever you buy. At this point, you might as well. That's it. <laughs> Alright, first of all, since I'm new to this, I'm gonna go ahead and say if I were to win the 1.4 billion dollars that I see right there. Let's get through this before we start roasting. Alright, so it's a little hostile right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But if I were to win 1.4 billion dollars, first of all, the first thing I would do is 
Yeah, pay tuition because <laughs> you know that is a real thing right now people the, it is the struggle For and then reals. what would you do with the remaining 0.4 billion <laughs> i would relocate myself that was a joke about tuition yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if there's anything left right anyways yeah i'd probably relocate myself to uh some other country you know maybe european like western european country because i still want to be in somewhat civilized country so, yeah. Anyways, and anything that I've bought uh, recently, yeah, spent $115 on a calculator. <laughs> and a label maker. And, no, that, that was 20 bucks, dude. That was you a fine, though. But we couldn't find adhesive, la- like, the paper. We couldn't find adhesive paper to go with the labeler, which, by the way, you suck, Walmart, because all you have is paper and plastic. I like, really? to suck for clothes in the store. <laughs> You know what? And today, I realized just much my uh, apathy for the environment there. I just, it's, it is not pleasant. So yeah, and then Taco Bell is life. So, hunting for calculator and Taco Bell. That's been my life. Uh, I haven't blown a lot of money on stuff that's not like uh, groceries and bills. Um, I mean, I got a lot of nice uh, things over like Christmas and stuff. Got got some Legos. Uh, used a gift card to get a couple more of those little Mixel sets. Those are kind of like one of my new things where I, I I'm not like you know buying them constantly, but those I don't know if you guys have seen them. The Mixels, they're like little. I don't think they're even ten bucks a pop, but they're you know any one set as you build this little, it, they're all themed little lego guy and then you can buy all three of the set and they combine into one larger one but you know and and then being lego they encourage you to you know mix and match and put it together because they're all made with lego bricks so it's not Hmm. like bionicle it's like they're actual lego brick pieces and whatnot uh most of them have those like googly eye pieces um but yeah like they have an official model that's if you buy all three of a set it becomes one larger thing so like there's one set that uh, it's a couple uh, generations or whatever back, and it was like a spidery guy, a like kind of bat type guy, and then like a little wizard dude, and they combined into like this kind of dragonfly scorpion thing. That's dope. So yeah, I mean it, it's they're all very cutesy, you know. So I mean they're not like really small child, but they're intended like you know kids would enjoy them and not be frightened to death by them. But yeah, and then I've gotten some like Batman stuff and a few Star Wars things and whatnot. So that's as much people spending money on me as me spending my own money, but still. Hmm. Okay. Um so this week, not a whole lot of spending, not too much. Mostly food. That's about it. I mean how many times have you been to McDonald's? <laughs> too many, just for Sasha McGriddles. All day beef fast McDonald's is the one way to get the diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Exactly. <laughs> Wolford Brimley will be your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think I broke Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> no, we already broke Caleb this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a video camera running in here. Oh, if I had the 1.4 billion, 
I'll be buying a bunch of stuff for this podcast. Yeah. What would you do with one book on? Aside from the boring stuff, I would probably buy, I mean, I'd probably get like a house and I'd make sure the house had a bat cave. I'd um, build I'd get, my house. I'd, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I'd buy a house in the sense of I'd pay money to a construction company to build its specifications. Um, I'd probably buy a lot of Batman memorabilia. I'd probably buy, if there was one up for auction, I would probably buy a Batmobile because 1.4 billion. Uh, I would buy the Mercedes Benz SLR1 McLaren. Forever! On the podcast, just for that answer. Oh, my gosh. Just because of that. When they came that out with that. That is my favorite car of oh all Oh, my time. gosh. It's so gorgeous. Yes, I'd get that. And then I would get um, an M-Class Mercedes-Benz. Or, well, no, no. I'd get a Gnolda wagon, the G-Class. The one that looks like it's a bank vault on wheels. Yeah. Not the, like, not the, the wagon. Not the wimpy-looking, it's basically a bigger M-Class one, but the... The G wagon, the big bulky, the one they made the Pope mobile out of. Yeah, the late <laughs> the late model G wagons. Yeah, as boxy as possible, um, and I'd probably get like a, a high end Hyundai for like actual day to day driving because I don't completely hate the environment. Okay. Um, but I would totally have a G wagon. All right, I'm gonna say this real quick. I spent my one point four billion. If this is possible. Pair of Skechers, the ability to fade in an infinite snag drawer. That's it. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. No, 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 no. Before we say anything, Skechers? Nobody can't hear me about Skechers, bro. Okay, so, so, so maybe this, maybe it's just because I'm tired right now. I would have been okay if you would have said Heelys. <laughs> Bro, and that's the same as Skechers. Skechers? You know how much it's going to cost the fun size? You know like the one Demi Lovato sports in those? Maybe not those ones. But it's going to be some custom Skechers. It's going to be lit, bro. Maybe that's why you don't talk to many girls. Ooh, wow. All right, so roll it Well, no, but for real, I'll probably buy an all-original Hendrix guitar. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I would also like give money to charity and stuff or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, come on, good. Deal. Again, one point four <laughs> billion. <laughs> one billion dollars. <laughs> Thank you, Goddard. <laughs> Again, wish we had the video camera, but we got wait till the goes up. Yeah, that's just all go. That's by. when you look at the have camera, they, they just like one? that whole. What? Have they revealed the one? Mm. <laughs> just the terrible. No, no one's gotten it yet. Yeah, so, that's uh, why guys, it keeps going up. We're going to keep doing this until someone wins that fireball. Okay. Which I'm could... Fine. I'm curious to see how high it goes. Yeah. I'm more curious to see how far the Chiefs will go, but I am curious to see how high <laughs> it goes. <laughs> All, All right, right Ryan. Ryan. Uh, which one do you want to want me to start with? Pick one, anyone. Okay. Either one. Uh, money to blow. I didn't really spend a lot of money outside of bills, and I think I got some gas. Uh, the only thing I can think of beyond that is I bought a few pairs of jeans because I was down to one after some holes here in my others. So. Been having that problem lately too. I know Timothy and I bought similar pairs of jeans, and I'm sorry, Bazoomies, man. I don't know what's going on. With it's jeans. over. It's over. They keep ripping, and yeah, yeah I'm sick of buying forty dollars pair of jeans. Levi's. I might have to go that yeah. way. I'm yeah. probably gonna switch to Levi's. Like 511s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fine. Uh, 
with the money, all I can think of that I know I'd do is I would pay off every debt <laughs> that I've got. My parents have uh, pretty much all my family. Uh, and then... What would you buy for you, Brian? For me, I would... Well, I'd set aside probably... Oh, that much money. I'd probably set aside like $100 million. Just, this guy is like, a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> most likely to win the lottery and actually still be rich. Yeah, he he, he does work in accounting. So oh, okay. Oh, okay. He has an accounting degree. Uh, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah. So aside from saving and that, though, I'd probably buy. Eventually, I'd build my own house. Uh, I'd probably help fund a lot of things like churches and college ministries and stuff like that. See, so. yes, this is a true account. I have more money than I will spend in my lifetime. I'm going to save. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's awesome. In case something happens. It's better than us. Yeah, that's awesome. We broke by the time we walk out of the cash. Would, your, would like, the house have anything fun in it, like, Brian? It's like, uh, I won. You walk out. Hey, where's the money? Much money? <laughs> See, so the epitome of everyone else here. Have you guys seen that video on the internet of a raccoon with a dissolving sugar cube? In yeah, <laughs> and he puts it in the river. It's cotton candy. It's it's cotton that's candy. even better. It's cotton candy. Just the beer. That's how we are with my. It was funny. And, and he's just like splashing the water, looking for it. <laughs> so where'd it go? I don't. I don't know what happened. Oh goodness. Uh, yeah. Alright, so $1.4 billion, Aston Martin, DB9 Coupe, Mercedes Benz, um, SLR McLaren, uh, and Lamborghini. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I respect your right to the Second Amendment, but I just don't do guns. Um, and Mercedes, oh uh, no, no, I always said Mercedes Benz, SLR McLaren, a Lamborghini, Murcielago. But I'm getting custom painted to be like Ukiura because his final form is Murcielago. Exactly. And it'd be. Here's the thing it'd be Ukiura's colors, but it'd say Batman. Ooh. See the double entendre there? Get it? Get it? Murcielago means Bat in Spanish? Batman? Which he drives Murcielago in The Dark Knight Returns. Do you mean. I think it was just the Dark Knight. Is that the one that he crashes? Yeah, he crashes. Yeah, yeah, that's crashes, the yeah, Dark Knight. That's the Dark Knight. Yeah. So yeah. So double entendre for the Mercy Logout. Um, I'm definitely paying off my parents' debt, paying off my brother's debt, make sure my sister is set for life, and I'm probably just gonna buy my grandparents' house in Hatfield so I can always ask Hatfield to go to. And then I'm spending money on a bunch of ridiculous things. Side note: Before I give my money to blow. They're asking this guy what he would do. Oh, have you seen that viral video? Oh gosh, yes. Oh have my you seen god, viral video. All right, so and also with a straight face like that, what would you do if you won? I think it was like eight hundred million at this point. It was a bunch of cocaine and hookers. And you know, and she's like, "That's the answer." We're not. Props to the reporter. She didn't freeze up. Yeah. She didn't break down laughing. She just was like, okay, well, that wasn't quite what we were looking for. And she just rolled with it. She 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 had a little fun with it, but she she moved on. So Here's props to her. At least he's honest. We know if he wins and you see his picture, we know. It's like, oh, we know what he's going for. Yeah. We know you. We know exactly what you're doing. I mean, he, I was like, I was pretty sure he may have had something in his system at that point. <laughs> But <laughs> walking out cashing in cocaine, you're at cocaine. So where are you going with that money? 
The answer is, I'm going to go reenact that scene from Scarface. Ah, <laughs> uh, so money to blow. Um, so I've been really into Disney Infinity lately, and I caught the bug real bad. And GameStop had a sale. You buy two, bad? get three free. Oh, I went from oh. having the entire Star Wars figures, I now have over 60 figures. It's kind of bad. <laughs> I have almost all the Marvel figures, and I have a bunch of one front of me. Do, do we need to have an intervention? Not yet, because I've spent under 100 bucks. Oh, well, that's, okay, that's then. That's crazy part, yeah. yeah He's like, he came back, he had a whole bag. I mean, you know the big GameStop bags that they normally give you to put a console in it? Right. He came with one of those bags, and he's like, guys, got a problem and dumped it. I mean, like, he just, and it, it, it was like one of those, like, infinite bags. He's like, bag. Yeah, he just. It was <laughs> a bag of holding. <laughs> yeah, like. Well, you I, said it was buy two, get three free? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It is like, wait. Yeah, you pay for the most expensive two and you get the the, the other three free. So that day... Oh, the, because they have variable prices? Yeah. Uh, so okay. that day I came back with, I think, 20 figures. I spent a total of 35 bucks. Yeah. 20 figures. Yeah, the most I spent was like 50 and that's because I had to buy a brand new set, which I found I was actually pre-owned. Somebody just... Yeah, I, now I have... I quit working at GameStop because I'm not like this. But um, it had the um, limited edition black suit Spider-Man, um, and that was like on sale. It was like thirty-five bucks, but I had a coupon, so I knocked it down to twenty. And I bought like two figures at one place. Um, I got three free figures. I went to another place, bought a figure. They didn't have figures I wanted, so I returned one to get two extra figures. So I think I spent like fifty bucks that day, and I came out with like probably ten figures. Mm. Yeah. So I I have I now I just have a duffel bag I carry around that has all my Disney Infinity figures on there. Um, but like prepping for school, I got some, and this is my favorite part. Everyone in this room might know. You might guys know. I have an addiction to sneakers. I love sneakers. Oh, yeah. Sneakers. Oh, it's my thing. Sneakers and video games is where I spend ninety percent of my money. Um, so I bought a pair of all red skate highs, and they are probably my second favorite shoe that I bought from Vans ever. Like they're so comfortable. Um, I've never been to skate highs, but these are just really, really just ah, creme de la creme. Bought, um... Top shelf. No. Yeah. Um, a couple jackets. I got one from HM. on sale. And I got a limited edition Stussy jacket with a gold lining. So, yeah. I got all my cold gear and it's actually going to be fashionable too, so. That was it. Okay. Um, we've been going all quite a while, guys. Four hours later. It's literally four hours. I, I know. I, I, I look at it. I, We've been here for two hours. Two hours later. Oh, we're almost done. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I guess now's, now's the wrap-up. Any final comments? Plugs. plugs I'd just ask? like to say, we're talking about People's Choice Awards earlier, and I'd just like to go ahead and nominate for the At Least You Tried Award. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Okay. Since we're talking about fighting style, I'm nominating for the At Least You Tried Award to none other oh, than Sakura Hanada Naruto. You had such potential and still you are barely reaching a higher level than when the show first started. Thank you Sakura for doing absolutely nothing but replenishing Naruto's health and making horrible tasting medicine balls. This is throughout the complete series and managed to survive the war war. There is it. 10 10 10 Can we change this from even more about spoilers to even more about savagery? 
So would, would, that, would that work? Stop! How many rounds you got? 30,000. Alright. Podcast Alright, right, right. <laughs> Alright, if you want to get in touch with us and you want to interact with us, send us your questions and, and learn a little more about us, you can send questions to our email at evenmoreaboutnothing at gmail.com. You can send us uh, on Facebook as well at evenmoreaboutnothing. Um, that's the Facebook page. Go ahead and give us a like. Tell your friends about us. Um, you can also follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud as well, which is, again, at evenmoreaboutnothing. So... With that being said, we are signing out. We will see you guys next week. What's up?